the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, Tuesday show here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got a full slate today. We've got the power panel here. They're going to be here until 4. 4 o'clock, Gina Martin will join us, and she's bringing her daughter. And you guys met Gina before from over at Little Rock Tours? I don't know if I have or not. Okay. I'm familiar with the company, though. I've heard them on the show before, yeah. but I haven't been here with them. I've, uh, you know, I know Gina really well. I know her daughter. She's 14. She is performing in Branson now. So we're going to have her on and talk to her about being that age. You know, she's performing in Branson, but she was a year too young to try out for uh, American Idol. (laughs) you got to be 15 to try out for American Idol, you know. So uh, she'll be be in here. I guess we'll get her to sing for us at least least one song. But I want to talk to Gene about if you want to go see the shows up there, you can. And uh, final hour, Bible guys will be here. You got a Bible question? You haven't gotten in yet? Send it to uh, Bible Guys at Salem S A L E M L R dot com, and it'll land there. We got it. Uh, we got one right now about uh, which translation of the Bible the guys use, and I'm gonna, you know, my my answer to that will be probably Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> they they tend to read in the original language, so. <laughs> You can go buy one, but you might have to take a few years of languages to understand exactly what's being said as you look at it. I mean, you can use the lexicon and right, kind of right. work your way through it, but right, to get, it's to not get a, easy. To get a working knowledge of a language that's, well, in, in that language, I'm sorry, that's 3,000 years old, 4,000 years old. Yeah, we're not talking Yiddish here, man. We're talking <laughs> Hebrew. We're talking the real deal at these guys. By the way, I think Ken Yang may be here. Ken Yang's coming in for Elizabeth today. And uh, no, I didn't make him wear a dress, and he doesn't have to talk in a high voice. He just <laughs> he's just got to come on the show and, and be his self. He's always good to have on. He's a good conservative guy. He really is. What have you been up to, man? You got here just as the, uh, as the, the, the lights came on. Man, I've been working. I was gone to the... Uh, Arizona Auto Recyclers yeah, Association last right. week. You had to speak at that. Uh huh. Well, it went real good. It went real well. Uh, I got there dirt day early and I played golf with the uh, with the Arizona Recyclers and got to know a bunch of those guys and visited Hopper Speed Shop that's been there since nineteen fifty three. You went. You went out and played golf the day before. You're going to speak to these guys. You took their money. On because you were playing what thousand dollars a hole or something? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, I don't gamble. If I was going to gamble, it would not be on either golf. a singing competition or golf. Either one. Yeah, you were involved. That's two in, things. Right? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I got it. Okay, that makes that makes sense to me. But how was your uh, how was your talk uh, received? Well, real well, real well. I do a lot of work in Washington for the auto recyclers, and I'm past president of the International Auto Recyclers Association, so I'll let them know about legislation that's going on, and we've got some passed, and we're negotiating how we're going to 
implement the legislation that we've got passed in Washington. Okay, now I've understood that like George Washington, they have asked you to become king of their uh, organization, but you said no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll be a past king. I'll be a past king whenever. You know, the person that's been there and done it, now I can go on the talk shows and talk about everything they're doing wrong and, there you go. and be a Absolutely. critic. I'm going to be, go from being a past president to a critic because I'll know everything after I'm done with this. I'll be an expert in all points. Well, you can you can give our listeners a look behind the curtain of what it's like to walk the halls of Congress and trying to get things done. Not easy, is it? No, I tell you what, it's not easy, but... Uh, uh, but it's it's a long investment. Whenever you try to get something done and you get legislators that signed off on it, then you have to wait for a bill to come along to attach it to. The, the, and uh, so uh, we got we got one of them passed in 2015. But Which you passed? What uh, was it? On, it's on the uh, – transportation bill of 2015 we passed a bill that said auto recyclers i mean uh had to get the recall in your information direct from the manufacturer so when a manufacturer has a recall part that is not safe to be out on a car that they have to give us in batch form a list of those recalls that we can scan our databases with to make sure we don't sell someone enough uh, unsafe part you know save you some time too why pull that part off if you're not even going to be able to use it right so we actually got a common sense uh bill passed in washington dc but since 2015 we've been trying to get it implemented we haven't got it implemented yet so now we're in negotiations with the with the automobile manufacturers trying to see how we're going to implement it and make it work so uh it's a never-ending process so we just heard ken yang rd hopper say common sense legislation how often do we see things that are common sense come out of washington dc not very often (laughs) (laughs) how about arkansas occasionally a little bit more often often, but still not still not often enough with a republican majority so how are you doing sir ken yang joins us of course he uh Family council works with them and yep. works with other people as well. What's yep. going down, brother? Oh, I haven't heard good. from you in a while. It's been a while. Well, you're talking about the auto stuff. Just I was actually talking to someone about one of the bills that were passed last session was raising our uh, or implementing a used tire. Oh, attack. everybody oh, loves that bill. Uh, and uh, it was just kind of slipped underneath. And I remember I was sitting next to Paul Harrell in the Senate. In and they brought someone in to testify on it, and she was talking about how all these used tires were just sitting in these lots and gathering water, and everyone was going to get the Zika virus. And I about fell out of my Mosquitoes. chair. Thinking, uh, I was like, and that's why we need to tax you more and, government. Yeah, we need and more you're not government. supposed to tax things you've already taxed once. That was that's that, the point, that was a pretty, pretty long legged woman that came in promoting the thing. I think so. Yeah, okay. I think hey. Representative Lanny Flat brought her in. Watch yourself, Paul Harrell. We live in the hashtag. Me too era. <laughs> Don't be talking about her legs. You know. I, I was just pointing out. You know, there, there are various different ways to pass bills. Hey, and, get the right, and, Paul. That was Calvert, not yeah, yeah, he did say Harold. That's okay. But uh, hey, that was a thirty-one page bill. That's like Obamacare on tires, and that bill will make the tire situation in Arkansas twice as bad as it currently is because they cut down on the drop-off fees uh places you can drop them off by half so 
there's counties that only have one place to take it in the whole county. So they made the problem twice as bad and raised the taxes to make it worse. So, so what what happens now? If you have tires you got to get rid of, how do you get rid of them now? Well, right now, a landfill will take – well, you pay – well, right now you pay a three dollar tire removal fee that they got passed, mm-hmm. and uh, and then that tire store will keep the tire and they'll take it to Davis Rubber in the Little Rock area and different districts. The other districts are businesses that are owned by the state, but Little Rock is the only district that is a private district. So the uh, so they take the tire and they're going to buy equipment. They have equipment to process them with. But the problem is, is the cost of running the equipment is more than what they can sell it for. So it's a nonprofit business. So the only way the government can make a, a business green, they have to subsidize it. But someday, maybe. Uh, our tax money is buying the equipment to process it with that's not efficient and costs $1,000 to operate. Our tax money is paying uh, for the tires to get hauled to them. They made a certification where tire stores have to have a certified person to operate the website. The tire store has to have a computer that's approved by the state. The truck has to be approved by the state of Arkansas that hauls the tires. And on it. Right, and have a sticker on the truck mm. calling the tires. The driver of the truck must be certified to run the truck. Must have a the, license in must his have pocket. A license. The lady operating the computer has to be trained and certified by the state. Then you take it to a nonprofit tire center, then they shred them. See, this, is, they, the, this is the problem. You know too much. And so when you know too much, you're, if you go to the Capitol and testify now, you look like a crazy person. You, you might well, what are we voting on? Let's see. <laughs> what? That's, that's you, you not what need, happens. You might need to start wearing a bulletproof vest. So, yeah, here's the so, other thing. so if I've got some tires, what do I do with them? Can I take them to Davis Tire? Can yeah, I take they're going to charge somewhere? you $2 a piece. So yeah. so I'm getting charged uh, for, for mounting and, and, and removal. Plus yeah. I have to get pay to get rid of them. Yeah, then, yes. you, then you pay oh. to get rid of them. And now, so how, now, how did any of us benefit from this? Uh, nobody. The mosquitoes, so, because they're going to have more tires to live in. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because once you make it harder to get rid of something, when you consolidate and make it fewer places you can take it to, and you raise the price to take it to, there are going to be more tires. And they passed it through um, the health department because the Republicans has already got the health department stacked. Okay, so mm-hmm. here's, here's my question for you, R.D. Is it not true that the places that are cutting up and then shredding the tires – that the uh, equipment is being bought by the state. Right. The equipment is being bought by the state. How would you like to start a business that the government buys you your equipment? It'd be great. Yeah, no and kidding. And then if you lose money, then they <laughs> subsidize it if you lose money. But don't worry. They're probably going to bribe a metal company to come to Arkansas. They're probably going to bribe them with tax money that can burn tires and fire steel, or maybe burn tires and make electricity. Oh, so burn. once you get, so you once can burn tires now. It's not that big a deal. No, I mean, I, and, I think I could build a tire burner that would burn and, clean. For, and I'll let you know a secret, Paul. If you cut a tire in four pieces, it can go to the landfill, and they don't cost you anything. And if it, you cut it in four pieces, now, here's my question. Why? <laughs> can, you st- can you still do that? Why? You can still do that. Why, does it, that why okay. does it need to be cut in four pieces? It's not going to decompose any better in four pieces than it would if it, if it, it was it left in one piece. 
Well, what they say is if a tire is buried below a water level, that if the water level comes up, that it will float the tire up out of the ground. So if you cut the tire in four pieces, one, it won't hold water for mosquitoes, and two, when you bury it, it doesn't come back to the surface. It doesn't have the voids that it causes. Right, it doesn't come back. Kind of like all the bodies they've got buried. (laughs) Right. So, you know, the Democrat that was running the – well, the lady that was running it was hat day that day. I got this vision in my mind. They were all wearing hats. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the lady that was overseeing the committee that it, that it was going to come out of to go before the Senate, the lady that was overseeing it said, we are in the state of Arkansas are going to get tires to where we have no tires going in the landfill. So I think in five years they're supposed to stop tires going to the landfill at all in five years. And I said yes to the detriment of the taxpayers and the citizens of the state of Arkansas, and they hurt nothing. Yeah, and that's why we're supposed to, because of the government imposing their rules, we're supposed to have cars that get 50 miles to a gallon. Right, that costs two hundred and fifty thousand dollars each. We'll be and exactly we'll be riding right. bicycles. That's they right. can make one for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We'll be riding bicycles because we can't, <laughs> can't afford, afford one it. of them. Can't afford them now, like eighty five thousand dollars. Right, we may yeah. we may be running if they keep raising the tax. You know, uh, you can make anything green if you throw enough tax money at it. But uh, just like you said, are these Republicans smaller government, less taxes, less regulation? Where are they at? Yep. All right, I don't. let's get a break. RD's here. We've got Ken here. We've got Paul Ken here. Ken got me fired off right off the bat. Well, <laughs> you shouldn't have said tire. I'm just telling you, Ken, that's not a good word to say around this studio. We come back, and I'll say another word. Kavanaugh. We'll come back on that here in a moment. Who's did that? You, did you know that there's 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits? How about 2,728 rules in the Social Security handbook? Social Security Administration is forbidden by the government to offer you any personalized advice. Probably uh, tells us why there's as much as $10 billion in benefits that go unclaimed every year. Now, you could learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. comes from David Lucas. You hear David Lucas here on 101.1 FM, The Answer, Saturdays, 10 a.m., 3 p.m. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690 or you want to visit davidlucasfinancial.com. By the way, don't forget about our classic movie that's coming up a week from today. It's our Halloween special. It's The Exorcist on the big screen, one time, one time only, on the 9th at 7 o'clock, Riverdale 10. Get your tickets, riverdale10.com. All right, back with you. It is 24 after 2. R.D. is in the studio along with Ken Yang, who... Shows up on the Dave Ellswick show from time to time. We always like to have him here. Yes, I need to be on more often. Yeah, well, we can make that happen. And, of course, Paul Calvert is here. He is our Old Testament prophet. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to cane everybody. (laughs) (laughs) We're glad to to have him with us Almost everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let me me start off with this. Joni Ernst uh, had a reporter that was kind of hassling her some. And, you know, you... You get these questions from reporters, right? And they're loaded questions. And the question that 
Ernst was asked was, what message does your support for Kavanaugh send to women? And here's what the senator had to say. Pratt's are saying that his descriptions of his past don't match the record. Is that important to you? Well, what we will rely on is the supplemental FBI investigation that is coming forward, and I am anxious to review the information. Is there a particular question you're anxious to get to the bottom of? Well, what we want to see is, is there evidence or corroboration that the FBI is is able to find through the supplemental investigation that would corroborate Dr. Ford's um, accusations? And if not, I will continue to support Judge Kavanaugh based on the information that I have at this time. What message does a vote of support for Judge Kavanaugh send to women in America? All right, all right, Russ, Russ, stop what that right there. What message that sends to women in America? Stop, stop. Now think about that question. Think about that question because if you answer it seriously, that it sends a, you know that due process is the way to go, right? That's that's not the emotional answer that's going to help you when you get in, you know, when you start talking to people who think Kavanaugh's guilty just on emo- emotional responses. It, it this is in basis them saying to you. Ken Yang, do you beat your wife? And you, you go, and you wife. say no, and you say, well, when did you stop? I mean, that that's what this question is like. It's loaded because there's no way you can answer it where you win at all. You lose no matter what you say. So can we pick it up right there, Russ, or, we gotta, or do we need to listen to the whole thing again? is that we we are innocent until proven guilty in this great country. And I have absolutely no doubt after reviewing uh, Dr. Ford's testimony that she has suffered from something very traumatic in her lifetime, but simply the corroboration wasn't there with even the witnesses that she brought forward. So uh, believe me, we want those that are accusing others to come forward if they have experienced something in their lifetime. It is important that they are heard but again in the united states people are innocent until proven guilty you know i'm going to say something that a lot of people aren't going to like i agree somebody should hear what they have to say a therapist a therapist needs to talk to them because if you don't have proof Mm -hmm. you're just banging your head up against the wall because there's no way to to get the person that quote you know harassed you or whatever there's no dna there's no second witness. There, there's none of that because she, don't she know. didn't go to authorities when it happened. Yeah, she doesn't know where it was at or exactly exactly where it happened or when it happened. I mean, even to open up the investigation is nuts. I mean, the FBI's already looked into it. You got somebody being an emotional with no evidence. The investigation is just like the Russian investigation. There never was any evidence. There's no reason to start one. They're wasting taxpayers' money and they're wasting time. Hold on a second. I want to hear from Ken. We got sixty seconds. No, it's it, you're right. It's we've gotten to this point where it's guilty, and then you have to prove your innocence. And the people that are hurt the most are women that are actually sexually assaulted. Yes. Those are the people that are hurt the most. And so all these women on the Democrat side and all these Democrats that support these Democrat senators, y'all should be ashamed of yourself that y'all are hurting the women out there that are sexually assaulted. And I tell you what, women that are actually sexually assaulted do not want a circus around what happened to them. All right. We've got to take a break. We come back. 
We got Lindsey Graham point. still. We Good still point. got that. I'm thinking we should hear from Lindsey Graham again. Yeah, we got him. He's coming up after the news. Lindsey Graham, Cinder Graham will uh, tell you what he thinks about what's been going on. You know, after John McCain died, some they took they took a big paw off of his tail now. So he can say what he wants to say, evidently. I don't know exactly what him and McCain had going on, but I'm just telling you, now that uh, you know Senator McCain is out of the Senate, Lindsey's stepping up big time. He uh, he said today that he, he says uh, if they don't get Kavanaugh confirmed, that the Republican Party should take Kavanaugh to the voters yes. for November. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Heartedly. Everybody says, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. All the women, hey, hey, I believe that they still believe in facts. And, and if they don't, then they shouldn't be Republicans anyway. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. we got news coming your way, and then we'll return here with the power panel on the Dave Ellswick Show. Denang Blumenthal. Okay, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. The... You need to be here for when we're off the air. <laughs> so you could hear everything that's going on. All right, we've got Lindsey Graham. I want to play this. I, I like to say I'm going to play this one more time, but that's not true. I'll probably play this another couple of times before we get to the vote. By the way, McConnell said again today, he said it yesterday, he has said it again today, there will be a vote this but week. What are we voting on? Let's see. What? <laughs> yeah, that that's Diane Feinstein. What? What? <laughs> like a marmot, you know, just jumping up, raising her head out of her hole. What? What are we voting on? Let's see. What? See, that's exact. I can see her. It's like that commercial, you know. It's about the girl breaking up with her boyfriend, and they're all picking their heads up and looking around and stuff. All right. So anyway, here's Lindsey Graham went off. I guess what was this Friday that they had last Friday. And this is what he had to say to his uh, buddies in the Democratic Party that he has tried to work with across the aisle with. Do you consider this a job interview? The advice and consent role is like a job interview. Do you consider that you've been through a job interview? I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Would you say you've been through hell? I've been through uh, hell and then some. This is not a job interview. Yeah. This is hell. This, this this is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life. Senator Graham. And are you aware that at 9.23, on the night of July the 9th, the day you were nominated to the Supreme Court, by President Trump, Senator Schumer said, 23 minutes after your nomination, I will oppose Judge Kavanaugh's nomination with everything I have. I have a bipartisan, and I hope a bipartisan majority will do the same. The stakes are simply too high for anything less. Well, if you weren't aware of it, you are now. Did you meet with Senator Dianne Feinstein on August 20th? I did meet with Senator Feinstein. Did you know that her staff had already recommended a lawyer to Dr. Ford? I did not know that. Did you know that her and her staff had this allegations for over 20 days? I did not know that at the time. If you wanted an FBI investigation, you could have come to us. 
What you want to do is destroy this guy's life, hold this seat open, and hope you win in 2020. You've said that, not me. You've got nothing to apologize for. When you see Sotomayor and Kagan, tell them that Lindsay said hello, because I voted for them. I would never do to them what you've done to this guy. This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. Are you a gang rapist? No. I cannot imagine what you and your family have gone through. Boy, y'all want power. God, I hope you never get it. I hope the American people can see through this sham. That you knew about it and you held it. You had no intention of protecting Dr. Ford. None. She's as much of a victim as you are. God, I hate to say it because these have been my friends. But let me tell you when it comes to this. You're looking for a fair process? You came to the wrong town at the wrong time, my friend. Do you consider this a job interview? The advice and consent role is like a job interview. you consider that you've been through a job interview? I've been through a process of advice and consent under the Constitution. Would you say you've been through hell? I've been through uh, hell and then some. This is not a job interview. Yeah. This is hell. This, this, This is going to destroy the ability of good people to come forward because of this crap. Your high school yearbook. You have interacted with professional women all your life, not one accusation. You're supposed to be Bill Cosby when you're a junior and senior in high school. And all of a sudden you got over it. It's been my understanding that if you drug women and rape them for two years in high school, you probably don't stop. Here's my understanding. If you lived a good life, people would recognize it like the American Bar Association has the gold standard. His integrity is absolutely unquestioned. He is the very circumspect in his personal conduct, harbors no biases or prejudices. He's entirely ethical, is a really decent person. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person. The ABA. The one thing I can tell you you should be proud of, Ashley... You should be proud of this, that you raised a daughter who had the good character to pray for Dr. Ford. To my Republican colleagues, if you vote no, you're legitimizing the most despicable thing I have seen in my time in politics. You want this seat? I hope you never get it. I hope you're on the Supreme Court. That's exactly where you should be. And I hope that the American people will see through this charade. And I wish you well. And I intend to vote for you. And I hope everybody who's fair-minded will. There you go, Senator Lindsey Graham. I think that's, that is the most emotionally charged I have ever heard him when he has spoken. Yeah, he might have done better running for president if he had that type of uh, <laughs> charisma. That's true. He was that was good. That was really the same thing with Mitch McConnell. He has been very adamant 
uh, from the well of the Senate this time. And we were listening to him last week, and R.D., who is no Mitch McConnell fan, yeah. even said, that was really good. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, it's just getting out of hand. And, you know, I really, uh, in a more, I guess, if sinister is the right word, way, hope that uh, Judge Kavanaugh gets confirmed. Because, you know, honestly, Judge Kavanaugh was not the most conservative choice that Donald Trump could have made. He, that he, lady he, was. Yeah, he, Judge Kavanaugh is probably a shade to the right of uh, Justice Roberts. Um, and they were around there, and not very conservative. So what they, what the Democrats have done, you talk about pushing someone towards the right and being more conservative. Yep. When they, when they're going to be on the Supreme Court, they've done it. They've done it. They've, they've made. When he gets confirmed, they've made the Supreme Court solid five four. So can you tell me if he, if the, if let's say Kavanaugh fails, and so they bring forth the lady because she was number two on. Trump's list, I mm-hmm. understand, the lady from Notre Dame. What are the Democrats going to do then? <laughs> that is going to be un- – that would be an unbelievable they, war at that Are they going to march out the guys that, that, that accused her of raping, it, raping them? No, I don't know. I have, <laughs> They'll be calling for question. all the high school books. You know? that, this will be – will, <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. It will be a argument about Roe v. Wade if she comes up. Yes. I mean, a huge – and they'll shut down that discussion because they won't answer that question. And um, but the fact is, though, that it is sort of the um, the sacrament for the left is the, the abortion thing. No, it's and, not a sacrament. It is a holy sin. Let's not let's not mistake this as an everyday right, kind of sacrament. Right. No, this is a holy, holy sacrament. sacrament for the left. Right, and so and so this is kind of a a major factor, seeing as the Supreme Court has become the super legislative body of the United States. Which needs to be fixed, but it's, it's kind of another issue because we don't have the intestinal fortitude necessary in the um, legislature right now to to bring the Supreme Court back to earth, and um, and so what we have right now is a, is a super legislature with with the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, and, that's what they are, super legislators right, now, yeah. right? And so the and and so right now, uh, Kavanaugh is is running essentially for a position of one of the nine kings. And which which is effectively what we have is we have an oligarch. The Supreme Court is exactly what Thomas Jefferson was afraid of. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what he spoke out about, and now we got it. By the way, Ken, did you put on your makeup before you came today? <laughs> I don't need to. Okay. He's like Fonzie. He just looks in the mirror and goes, "Hey, uh, yeah, there you go. can't improve on that. <laughs> Live fast and die young. Have a good, good, good looking corpse." Put, we're putting the Mevo. Into the studio, which means you'll be able to watch us on Facebook. <laughs> so uh, it's facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show, and you can watch, and you'll be cool. able to, uh, to see us. Let me just remind everybody who's sitting here in the room that during the break now, we're going to be live. We'll be live on right. Facebook. So, right. yes. Yeah. about after I get it started. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're getting ready. I'm watching that little top and see the blue lights start flashing. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. Okay, right. well, okay, that's fine. When it goes on, just know it's on all the time. Mm-hmm. Anything you say can and will be used against you later. Okay. <laughs> by, by the people watching Facebook. Yeah. And your yeah. wife. So, so, for, so for those of those of the audience that actually want to hear the, the conversations between the show, between the... Now nah, you won't get to hear them now because I know that that thing stays on all the time. <laughs> There's things that I won't say. Uh. If we walk out of the studio, 
know that we're going in another room lighting mm-hmm. up cigars. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a talk. No, you know? but we do. We seriously do have good conversations in between. The, yeah, we do. The showtimes yeah, during, during the breaks. But we're working on some things that will alleviate us from that. Unless you can read lips, <laughs> you'll be able to watch it. We did this. What was it last week that we did it? We had Mevo on. I think so. I yeah, remember you had Mevo. Yeah. yeah. Mevo's going to be with us, hopefully, November 6th over at the Embassy Suites when we broadcast live. At the Capitol. Uh, we're, going to cover, the, um, we're going to cover the elections. Election. We're going to do it pretty cool. We're going to go from 2 o'clock all the way up to 10 o'clock. Oh, wow. So awesome. we'll It'll start, be a long day. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you guys will be there. Other people yeah. are going to be stopping Boy, I by. You. Just, I, mean, I the think headline, Jan Morgan's going to come by. The headline be will fun. be Republicans win. Yeah, big. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what there is to celebrate. If you're no big, there is no big well. blue wave in, in Arkansas. Well, I, I, think this, I think this Kavanaugh election, or Kavanaugh, I call it election. It's not an election. It's a vote. But the nomination, I, I think it will maybe play a big part. If 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 nothing big comes out of this FBI investigation, um, I, I think if Republicans don't don't um, confirm him, I, I think there's probably a big voter backlash just because of the. The, the, the way that people feel about it and, and, I, and i'm not a fan of kavanaugh personally I, I i think he's got some problems with the fourth amendment issues but but from the the chatter i see on facebook and such it, it seems to me that if if he doesn't get approved there's gonna be a lot of ticked off voters yeah yesterday yeah. david brody we played a piece from him and uh, he said the democrats dirty tricks against kavanaugh have really riled up the deplorable evangelical base. I think you may be right about his that. Words. I think his words, yeah. not mine. Yeah, I think that may be very well true. Is that it? That the 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 um the strategy by the Democrats may very well have backfired pretty hard. Yeah, because they overplayed their they hand. They still don't understand why Donald Trump got elected. Yeah. They don't get it, and they refuse to change. They Donald Trump said, no, I'm not playing with y'all's playbook anymore. I'm going to say no. I'm going to stand up to y'all. And it's worked. And we're calling on their bluff. And to, you know, the, the Democrats, the Democrat senators, they can't answer. I mean, Senator Hirono was on George Stephanopoulos. Kudos to George Stephanopoulos, which I thought I'd never say that. But he asked, <laughs> did, uh, did y'all, did the Democrats leak this to the media? And she would not answer. That's right. Yes or no. <laughs> No, she would not answer it. She was also, I got a piece for you, because she's one of my favorite senators during this whole thing, because she shows how stupid she is. Uh, Anyway, she was talking uh, and went out of her way to say that Collins and Murkowski need to vote against Kavanaugh, no matter what the FBI report shows. Here's cut number three. That he's holding a vote on this this week, one way or another. The FBI has these three days to finish the investigation. What? is your comment to Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Jeff Flake of Arizona. What do you want them to know as they make this decision about whether to support Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation? What do you want to point to or what would you want them to get from what the FBI is looking into? It's not just what the FBI is looking into, although I hope that the FBI investigation will reveal various inconsistencies and what... uh, Judge Kavanaugh testified to and all of the people that the FBI will investigate. But what they need to look at, in my view, is his record uh, and his outcome-driven attitude toward the cases before him. And this all were areas of inquiry 
from all of us, and myself included, regarding Judge Kavanaugh. And um, he has a pattern of making decisions that limit a woman's right to choose. That should be a major concern to Susan Collins. He has certain attitudes about Native peoples. That should be a major concern to Lisa Murkowski. And so we can't, uh, I hope that they're not just banking everything on the FBI report. There's enough evidence of his pattern of decision-making, not to mention his very expansive views of uh, presidential protections, because he has, he's the only one who wrote that the president should be immune from any kind of criminal or civil proceedings while he's sitting in office. I'm sure yeah. this president, president really paid a lot of right attention about. to those views. What president? I personally my- believe... That yeah, U.S. Go. Americans are unable to this do so sister. because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere, like such as, and <laughs> that's that's the senator talking in circles. But here's the key: what president was Kavanaugh protecting? That was what he wrote to Kenneth Starr about Bill Clinton. Mm. About Bill Clinton. And for you who have short memories, he was a Democrat. <laughs> they did have DNA <laughs> evidence on Bill Clinton. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of interesting, <laughs> yeah. is it not? That, that that she uses Bill Clinton on that. we got to take a break. We'll he come back fair. and talk about that. By the way, I want to talk to you about, you know, Sonny's uh, auto salvage and uh, – have you had a chance to check out that uh, transmission for me? I uh, haven't got it pulled out of the car yet, but, yeah, we've got it okay. getting it ready. All right. Yeah. Get, get that ready because here in the next uh, month or so, probably drop it into my car. Okay. I mean, Sounds my, my transmission is we'll not acting up or anything. I just know it's not a matter of if. It's just a matter of when it's <laughs> going to start acting up. So I want to get this one in before – the other one starts acting up like i'm driving down the road and all of a sudden it it's in fourth gear and suddenly now all of a sudden it's in sixth gear and it's missing gears and things of that nature uh-huh. i have an acadia and they're notorious for having terrible transmissions this would be the third one that i'll have gone through but almost three three hundred thousand miles that's not bad give them credit give it credit okay but i'll put it in parts and labor covered Three years, unlimited miles, because I can get that from you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it for three years, right? That's right. At all. That's right. Okay. We'll be 100% responsible for it. We offer that on all parts. Any part you buy from us, you can buy one, two, or three-year warranty and add parts and labor for 20%. Okay, so. For all parts. When somebody calls, what information should they have for you? Well, it's good to have your VIN number and your make and model. You can have your make and model, but there's so many choices these days on engines and transmissions. If you have your VIN number available, uh, we have services we can put in your VIN number and verify what part your car has on it. Okay. All right. And uh, they can call you at 982-7451, right? That's right. We've got people answering the phones with has a database that checks thousands of other warehouses. If we have it in stock, you know, we deliver all over central Arkansas uh, to businesses from uh, Pine Bluff to Conway to Searcy, we deliver all over central Arkansas at no charge. Now, just know that they'll give you those uh, warranties as well with other people doing the labor. However, maybe your Uncle Jim from your mother's side won't get 
cover. You may not want him putting an Acadia. <laughs> you may not want him putting an Acadia transmission. There in. you go. All right, nine eight two seventy four fifty one. You got uh, people manning the phones right now. All right. Normally, I tell you who's in the studio left or right, but let me try start over on the right, and we'll move left. Paul Calvert, Ken Yang in the middle. Wave at the, the camera up there, Ken. Oh. There you go. That's Ken Yang. So we're live. It's not on? Is it not? You don't have us on? Ah. Bummer. Okay. NRD. He's here as well. So everybody's here. Uh, if you got questions for us, 8230965, you got an opinion, we'll take it to 8230965. But remember, opinions without fact. Everybody's got an opinion like everybody has a you-know-what. And uh, some of those you-know-whats stink. <laughs> Just letting them, just telling you. You're referring and to belly buttons. Don't, right? don't think that you won't. Yeah, don't think that you won't be challenged because you will be. You'll be challenged on what you might want to say. Just like that lady's letter that I read in the in the paper yesterday. Her name was Nancy something, but she was going into how the Republicans aren't for the middle class. She was attacking Huckabee for an op-ed. I guess he wrote the week before. I didn't see it, but when she made the statement and said. You know, uh, Trump hasn't been elected. He didn't win the popular vote. He was put in there by the Electoral College, and it's like... That's the law. Yeah, it's called the Constitution, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, the, the fact is elections are set up to work a certain way. And, and the fact is we don't... we don't Not according to the Democrats. We, if we, they <laughs> lose, they want to change. We, we, don't, we don't elect people based upon the fact of who the majority wants, because the fact is the majority of Americans so don't even we're vote. we're a republic. Like yeah, why we're a republic. republic. The majority of Americans do not vote. We've, what do we have, about 120 million people vote in the last election? And we've got over three hundred. And everybody got excited about it. Yeah. Wow, they really turned out, man. And, and so, so we're electing presidents at this point. What was it? So, it's, if we had three hundred and twenty, and about half of those voted for Trump, and half of them voted for the other chick, and um, the other chick, yeah, or the the or for, chick. Hil- yeah. <laughs> for Hillary, yeah. And, and so, so what, what is that? About a sixth of the of the population voted for the president. Yeah, hey, we uh, raised taxes with. A lot three to five, per, three to five percent can raise their taxes, and so in right, our own so, communities. <laughs> all right, a break. All you got to do is get started to take a walk. News is coming up. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll talk about Kavanaugh some more. We'll talk about NAFTA. That's on the docket today as well on the Dave Ellswick Show. I had somebody uh, that I was talking to today, and they were saying, "Why can't Republicans have some intestinal fortitude?" Hmm. They didn't say it that way. They they talked about another piece of anatomy. Why don't they have any gonads, you know? And uh, Newt Gingrich kind of answered that question today. Would you like to hear what he had to say? You'd like to hear that. Okay, Newt Gingrich talking about Senator Flake. This is cut number four. Who's plays this game? Oh, we're really bipartisan. Let me see how I can rip you off again. Mm-hmm. And Republicans sit around and go, oh, yeah, would you please rip me off a little bit? Because I feel so much better when you take advantage of me. I mean, people, there's a reason people get fed up with this stuff. Lindsey Graham, who you had on a while ago, is the most effective guy on the Judiciary Committee, told the truth. And I think we have the American people got to stand up and say they don't want a country that is dominated by these kind of people. And I think it's a really serious threat. What did you think of Lindsay's idea that 
If they fall a vote short, this should be a referendum election then on this issue. But I the think, American I think people, it's a good idea for and the president reason. would renominate maybe Look, perhaps. I think it's a good, re- good for, for this reason. The Alabama senator, who is supposedly not a liberal, has come out and is going to vote with the left. You have Donnelly representing the vice president's home state, is going to vote with the left. You're probably going to have Hyde Camp in a state which Republicans have carried 16 out of the last 17 presidential campaigns, is probably going to vote with the left. And you got Tester in a state we carried 15 out of 17. Mansion, Mansion. <clears throat> well, I think Mansion's going to vote for Kavanaugh. Well, it, but it is yeah, interesting. I'll tell you what, if Manchin doesn't vote for Kavanaugh, they definitely should bring Kavanaugh back up because after the election, Manchin will have disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, uh, he's, you know, Gingr- Gingrich said uh, that they have a passion. Did you hear what he said about the Republicans? They have a passion for being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, you won't get much argument from me on that point. <laughs> well, if you look at if you look at my favorite su- subject, and, and and I think the same thing, they have a passion for being st- stupid. And the Democrats always seem like there's a step ahead of them. Well, that's if, what he was saying. Yeah, you know? the Democrats are yeah, always ahead. a step ahead of them. Take advantage of me again. I'll give you a little bit more, and then you'll come back and want more, and I'll give you more. But yeah. I just look at Medicaid expansion. We had a Republican House and Senate help a democratic governor pass medicaid expansion in the state of arkansas and start a state exchange on obamacare well, ken was there like i was there when that happened yep. and the thing that was amazing to me because i kept asking didn't i keep asking him the question isn't this a, a democrat program you got a democrat yes president yes. if he says you can't do what you guys want to do you can't do it right well, yes. yeah. So why do you, why do you think what you're doing ha- is going to have any sway? And and you know, it, it's things like this happen under like uh, this happened under a lame duck governor with a re- first time Republican majority in the House, and uh, it's 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 the same you know up there up there in D.C. and uh, Speaker Gingrich when he was Speaker when he shut down the gov- government it wasn't like oh everything's going to go downhill. We got things that we wanted. Of course, they got things that they wanted, but things were accomplished. Newt Gingrich knew how to use the system to accomplish things for conservatives and not always roll over when when Democrats came came begging. And we seemingly roll over. And I love the fact that we are a big tent, but we keep accepting people because they know that <laughs> – it is easiest to run as a Republican, so they run as a Republican, and I call them these Johnny-come-latelys, and you wonder, what have you ever done for the Republican cause? And the answer usually is nothing until they actually, you know, they filed $3,000 or however many dollars to, and ran for as a Republican. And like I said, and Dave and I always agree on this one, at the end of the day, the Republican is always better than the Democrat. Yep. Always. But, but it's just it doesn't make it any less frustrating oh, yeah. when uh, oh, man. when <laughs> we don't stand for our principles. Well, there's only one reason that I would say that the Republican, or maybe two reasons that a Republican is better than a Democrat, and that's guns and abortion. That's two things and that when not. you switch over, when you switch over, you're going to have to stand on those two things. But you can be as liberal physically. As as you have ever been, and then you'll still be embraced I, as a Republican. And, 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 and you even, can't tell the difference. And even being anti-gun rights is not 
is not frowned upon a whole lot in the Demo- in the Republican Party. And there are there are Democrat or there are a handful of Democrats, I suppose, that are still in favor of gun rights. I think one of the I'm trying to think of the the um, senator's name here in Arkansas that um, was, was probably more supportive of gun rights than a lot of Republicans. I'm, his name's slipping past me. Collins. At the um, no, he's a, he's an actual Democrat. Oh, a Democrat. Uh, an actual Democrat. Well, Collins um, found out who his friends were, didn't he? Whenever but, uh, he oh, yeah, they turned <laughs> on him. Yeah, his, uh, but, um, his own party turned on him. All right, but so because the college is bucked up. But but at at, at the end of the day, though, uh, yes, the Republican platform I think is pro- probably quite a bit superior to the um, Democrat platform, and abortion is the big kind of, kind of the big issue that kind of separates. Otherwise, the crony capitalism and the platform's awesome if you read the <laughs> platform the platform's pretty good we're talking about real life we're talking about real life action the one thing i was thinking about and i was talking to a representative the other day and i said listen why don't we mount an attack and really try to kill this medicaid expansion he said rd you've got to read it in the last of this act, it says that if Medicaid expansion is killed, that everybody that's on it has the right to sue the state government for canceling their insurance. So they they can be sued. So the Republicans, who we said were stupid, agreed <laughs> and passed something. Even though it was their first term, they passed something that says we're going to start a program that if we try to stop we're going to give the people on it the right to sue us for killing this Obama program. So any Republican that would agree to something like that uh, is, is crazy. So, yeah, I'm not, so I'm now they're sh- saying we can't kill it because we'll get we'll get sued by everybody that's on it. Hmm. Well, it's like I and Ken said from the very beginning when we were there. I mean, we were there when this when this was birthed. Uh, in the, in the state was, legislature, were you there when it, they said we're going to vote con- on it until it passed? Yeah, it was basically, pretty, yeah. it was pretty yeah. contentious. We were yeah. we were there before this was even. You, you knew the building already stunk. Yeah, when they got rid of Terry Rice as the first Republican Speaker of the House, and something was afoot, and then you know a lame duck governor. This goes to show how smart. Governor BB is was politically one of the smartest guys in my opinion politically within the system that he can be a lame duck governor and still with a Republican majority in the House and still get what he wants. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what that's what brought this up. The reason this brought this <laughs> and, up is he said that Democrats are smarter than Republicans, yeah, yeah. And, I and it seems this, like they're always a step I asked ahead. This question to every one of them who said. We can do this in a conservative way, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. okay. And that's why I like, yeah. And I, and I said, okay, so you're going to give these people, you're going to give these people free health care. How are you going to stop it? How are you going to take it away from them? You'll never yeah. be able to take them away from them. I mean, Reagan knew that. Reagan told us that, that a government program is the closest thing to immortality you'll find on this earth. Mm-hmm. You get started, you can't get rid of it. And now we're stuck with it. Yep. And, you know, it's – I, you know, very few things that Speaker Gingrich says that I don't like. Obviously, he's a former former boss. but uh, He's his mentor. Uh, I don't know Seriously. About, I don't know about that. But, uh, um, you know, we haven't balanced the federal budget since Speaker Gingrich was Speaker of the House. Another trillion dollars. Yeah. 
in the debt. And there's there's a reason for that because there aren't many uh, Republicans with with the spine anymore or cojones as as you said earlier or mm-hmm. you said gonads. Um, but any. <laughs> If you want they to run, might have going at you, just really, really small. If you want to run for office, you need to be someone that does not have a backbone and do whatever you're whatever you're told. To and do. maybe have a few skeletons sense. in your closet so people uh, can yeah. can manipulate you. And if That's you don't, you might just like. you might not get elected, or you, someone will primary. You might be a good conservative, mm-hmm. and someone will primary you, and you'll be sent home. Right, or you might commit suicide by shooting yourself in the back of the head. <laughs> No, that's the Democrats' party. Uh, I don't think okay. we quite got there yet. <laughs> All right, we got sixteen after. We got to get a break in. Let's do that. Ken Yang is here. Paul Calvert's here. R.D. is here. See, I started from the middle of that time. Ken, you got named first. <laughs> so Dave Ellswick show power panels here in the studio. We've got another forty-five minutes with them. Let's talk a little NAFTA when we come back on the Dave Ellswick show. All right, so we continue. Something that's kind of gotten lost in the uh, news cycle because of this whole Kavanaugh thing has been this huge uh, agreement now that the United States, Mexico, and uh, Canada have made. It was NAFTA at that uh, at one time. It is now the United States, Mexico, Canada agreement because Trump hated NAFTA, and so he called it the the USMCA. In honor of the USMC, the United States mm. Marine Corps. That's the reason he called it what he did. So what's the couple of big changes in this? First of all, cars. That's going to be a, a big change in this. The goal of the New Deal is to have more cars and truck parts made in North America starting in 2020 to qualify for zero tariffs. You won't get a tariff put on the car that you're shipping into the United States or whatever. A car or truck must have 75% of its components manufactured in Canada, Mexico, or the United States. That is a substantial boost from the current 62.5% requirement. Also, a new rule, and I talked about this uh, a couple of weeks back when we were talking about uh, the, the deal with Mexico before they got all screwed up getting it together with Canada, is that uh, a significant percentage of the work that's done on a car has to be completed by workers earning at least $16 an hour. That's about three times what the typical Mexican automaker makes. So starting in 2020, cars and trucks should have at least 30% of the work on the vehicle done by workers earning 16 bucks an hour. And that gradually moves to 40% by 2023. What that means is that if, let's just use Ford as just using their name because everybody knows the name Ford. If they're thinking about moving a factory because they can get cheap labor uh, in uh, in Mexico, suddenly the labor's not as cheap anymore and may defer them from moving a factory down to Mexico or to China or whatever. Uh, there's The tariffs will make it where they don't want to go to China. And that's what the, the tariffs are going to be doing. While many economists think these new rules will help uh, some North American workers, they also warn that car prices may rise and some small cars may no longer be made in North America because they would be too expensive under the new requirements. But we'll <laughs> see if that happens or not. The other victory uh, is uh, what happened with Canada 
because they've opened up their milk market to U.S. farmers. It's a big win for them. Trump uh, tweeted often about how unfair he thought it was that Canada charged such high tariffs on U.S. dairy products, something like 230%. So the the Canadian government was basically screwing their own people. They don't care. (laughs) They're protecting... Hey, hey look, free is look, expensive. We do this. <laughs> we, we do this on a much yeah. smaller scale right here in Arkansas. We give tax money to the dairy farmers mm. here in Arkansas. I That's don't know if people a, know a that. Direct subsidy instead yes, of tariffs. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. but no, it's not tariffs, but it's a, it's, it's it's a, a direct, direct subsidy. subsidy. That's what it is. Canada has a complex milk and dairy system to ensure Canadian dairy farmers don't go bankrupt. The Canadian government restricts how much dairy can be produced in the country and how much foreign dairy can enter to keep milk prices high. Trump didn't like it. Dairy was a major sticking point. In the end, Canada is keeping most of its complex system in in place, but it's giving a much larger market share now to the U.S. dairy farmers. Uh, Sound like the Canadian government's pretty stupid. Canada to eliminate the pricing scheme for what are known as Class 7 dairy products. That means U.S. dairy farmers will send a lot more milk protein, concentrate, skim milk powder, and infant formula to Canada, and those products are relatively easy to transport and store. So those are the two real big things right off the bat that you can talk about. But 230%? Yeah, that's crazy. By the way, did you ever hear that in the news? Mm-mm. No, we heard no. about, well, we charge them 16% to bring that in the United States, you and, know? And I think that just They're shows... They're 200% for our products. I think yes. that just shows yeah. what, what, can, what kind of problems we cause when the government up in China, or I'm sorry, China, Canada, is, is basically messing up their, their milk market by restricting production, and then they have to pr- restrict um, um, imports as well but to, if, to keep. But the, if you're an established dairy farmer, right? You want to, You want the government. You want it to stay that way because right. you know exactly how much money you're going to get. It's the same way here. Look, they. Mm-hmm. I, say, I tell you, I, I've right. talked about this before. The dairy farmers here in Arkansas get stipends because they're afraid that if they don't give it to them, they'll get run out of business by the California dairy farmers. <laughs> Who are also being well, propped up of, by other? <laughs> well, most of the Arkansas yeah. dairy farmers have gone right. out of business anyway. Most of the milk in Arkansas is imported from other states, California, yeah. and mm-hmm. and uh, so most of the but family, they're protect, but they're protecting the, family, the ones that are still there. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. Well, I know uh, several families up in the North Arkansas area that were dairy var- farmers for generations, and they've they've not been able to survive. Mm-hmm. They've not. Been I mean, able. and and not at the loss of. The Arkansas government not trying to give them money. I'm just telling you. Well, we don't have a free. When was when did we have a free market? When did we have? I mean, look at all farmers. It's all subsidized, and the prices are subsidized in the grocery store. We don't have a free market economy. Uh, Whenever you look at the price of 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 cornflakes. The price has been manipulated by the government, just like the prices yep. have been manipulated in Canada. Uh, it's not a free market system. Your taxes made sure that those cornflakes are the price they are. Yep. They mm. took your tax money and made it where you could afford cornflakes. Well, that, that not not just that, but also you have you have limits on production and things like that. And it, I'm sorry, this is crazy. 
And some of this kind of goes, of that they, goes back to Roosevelt. Some, yeah. some of that, yeah, that New kind of thing. You, you look at the yeah. land, landmark court case with um, Wickard v. Filburn, where they were telling people how much wheat they could grow. See, this is scary that here on this show we talk about things that most kids never even hear about in school. Oh, what, what, do you, what do you think school's for? You think it's actually for no, educating they children? About, <laughs> they hear a lot about socialism in school day. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, 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 it's great. Yeah. You know, capitalism is a bunch oh, of guys yeah, taking money it. away from the poor people and, and making sure you that they don't. You can live like a Venezuela. Oh, yeah. That's exactly right. So, uh, <laughs> but it, it's great. I think at the end of the day, it's great that there's a president that wants to put America, America first. first. It's great that there's How a, dare you say yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, it's great that there's a president that understands the concept that the world needs America. Not the other way around, but that the world needs America. And when you walk away from the table, they will come groveling back because we are the greatest country in the world and they need us. Have you seen how bad China is suffering because of the tariffs yes. that we've imposed on them? Yes. They're taking it on the chin. I don't think they can last much longer. Well, the Communist Party will just, you know, just let keep, their people starve. Let their people care. starve to death. And, <laughs> yeah, but how about the debt? I mean, where are, how about the debt that we owe China? I mean, are they. Here's the dirty secret about the debt. Let's say China calls it in. We just say, screw you. We're going to nationalize everything. Yep. Well, or I mean, it's just I'm yeah. I'm, I'm being serious. But but, our, but but it's you know it starts here at home. We have to be successful here domestically before we can be successful foreignly. And that's what Trump and, says. And, and so you know when our economy actually starts growing, which is ha- which is it has now, and it's going to keep growing. It's going to oh, probably grow to the four four to five percent rate here soon, which is unheard no. of. Obama said that would never happen again. Yeah, because Obama didn't <laughs> want it to happen. Let's just make that clear. Obama didn't want it to happen. And so, and, you know, people say, oh, we're adding, you know, debt. But what will end up happening, in my opinion, is that our economy will grow. We'll be able to see the debt slowly go down. And I think we'll, we'll be even better uh, nationally. All right. We're out of time. We'll come back. We've got another half hour after the news. Okay, so if you want a career working outdoors because you like to use your hands, you're detail oriented, uh, you know, you like fresh air, uh, you can build a career with uh, PI Roofing. That's right. They say you can go build your future with them uh, because PI Roofing Home Solutions has uh, career opportunities in their commercial roofing and service division, residential roofing and service division and Home Solutions Division. And uh, they say, come on over with them. Make a difference together as you climb your ladder to success. Get your uh, you know, resume over at piroofing.com, or uh, you can give them a call at 501-707-3551. This is, you know, doing this ad just goes to show that uh, businesses are looking for people, and it's not as easy to find people now as it was. Job market has tightened up. That's why wages have gone up. That's why unemployment has gone down. It's good things. This is good stuff. And it's because of a president that we have right now. But somehow in, oh, but somehow in Arkansas, they think that raising the minimum wage is going to help all that. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, here's my and – and we can talk about this because it really bothers me. 
that you can put on the ballot something that people can vote on to force somebody who owns a private business that he must pay his workers a certain amount of money that you dictate to him. Yep. You have no skin in the game at all. You'll put some you'll end up putting businesses out of business and you'll take and make sure that lower wage uh, earners don't have jobs to go to. Yep. And if history is an indicator, what's scary is that this minimum wage initiated act will pass. And uh, even though um, we have a Republican majority that is, I would hope, against raising the minimum wage, um, we'll do nothing about it in the next session. And, uh, you know, I would think that they would attempt to try to protect all these businesses, uh, but you know, I'm not going to hold my breath. But it's it's simple math. I do small business. I know Paul does small business. R.D. does small business. It is simple math. If you have to pay minimum wage, I cannot hire as many employees. I don't know. I don't get what's so hard so, to comprehend about So, so what happens is you, you'll tend to, to hire hire qualified people rather than some of the people who need a chance and need, need, a, need a leg up. And so at the end of the day, Republicans need to do a much better job of eloquently addressing the, the reasons why minimum wage is a human rights violation. It, it is a terrible idea. It's, it's, it just violates people's rights. It is completely in opposition to the concept of free markets and capitalism. Why, why aren't Republicans willing to stand up and fight against this from a philosophical basis? It's for a moral basis, for crying out loud. Well, I know I, I, three of the congressmen came out today against the minimum wage measure. So good. Well, good. Yeah, I mean, I remember French Hill came out yeah. against it during because there was there was a minimum wage hike good on for his three on his or four, I guess, uh, last election, <laughs> as I recall. But the governor Asa, uh, uh, the governor, our current governor now, uh, he actually came out in support of the minimum wage when he was running for governor. That's <laughs> well, he, he's, he's against just, this one. Is he? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he came out against this one. Okay. Uh, well, I wonder what. Week. Wonder why. Maybe. Well, maybe he got. Maybe you got religion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I tell you what, it's just like taking. I started out carrying out groceries. You know, I, I grew up in a family business like you, but when I worked in the family business, that was an education for free. Yes. So yeah. yes. you know, you you got a place to sleep and and you got fed. But uh, but when I came out, I started out carrying out groceries. I start stocking warehouses and come up. What's the sad thing is. As I started on the ladder on the bottom step and came up the ladder one yeah. step at a time, that is the American. That's the yeah. American way to do yeah. it. But basically, what you're doing with minimum wage is taking the first three steps and Cut taking a hacksaw off of the first three steps, so people never get to start right. up the ladder. And, it, and it's demoralizing. And I can tell you that from personal experience. I, you know, I worked for the prosecutor's office for about five years in Saline County, and I remember the minimum wage then was about five fifteen. And I started at five fifteen, and I remember I got up to about seven dollars and fifty cents, and then all of a sudden the minimum wage became seven twenty five, and I've been working there for about three years by that point, got got all it. the way to seven fifty. You, you got it. Someone that just came in is making seven twenty five, and I'm like, what in the world just happened? <laughs> well, shoot, you need to elect more Democrats so they can raise it up. For you. <laughs> you need to be. People need to have incentive to work. Do not. Take people's away incentive to move up the ladder. What you're telling people is 
Just stay at McDonald's. Don't go to school. Don't go to technical college. You just stay where you're at, and we'll make sure that you get enough money that we'll take. We'll buy your health insurance. <laughs> we'll make sure you got minimum wage. We'll make sure that you well, have all these subsidies. And and, and the cool the thing thing about having uh, giving people the option of negotiating their own wages is that they can come up to like for instance, my, my brother has a produce business. He actually grows salad greens in a very natural way, sort of like organic, but a little bit different. And um, he does not make very much money at all. So he, he can't afford to pay very much, but it would be an awesome experience for some young guy to go out there and work for him at $3 an hour. It would be very educational for that person. But my brother can't afford to pay much because he's, he's, he's basically probably working for less than minimum wage himself. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to raise a family. He's got six kids. And so, but the fact is, though, it would be very good and beneficial for someone to be able to work for him and get the education. People used to work for free. A lot of the mechanics that I've sold parts through through the years, it's from the World War II generation. Mm-hmm. A lot of these mechanics had to leave home when their parents couldn't feed them. Mm-hmm. And they would go to a gas station and say, listen, I will change tires and pump gas and do whatever if you'll give me a bed to and sleep food. in the back and yeah. feed me. So these people... Left home. It's an honorable thing to do. And they found a place they could work. They got a place to sleep, and they got food, and they worked, and they got an education, and they learned about businesses, and they started their own businesses. Here's the problem with that, R.D. That boat sailed a long time ago. And we've basically made that illegal. The people in this country never accept it again. Unless the whole bottom falls out. Yeah. I mean, the whole bottom would have to fall out so that we could do things like that. And that's gimme, gimme, gimme. And that is the honorable way. To, to deal with poverty when, when you're when if, if i'm if, if i'm totally broken and down on my luck and i come to rd hopper and say look maybe you can't afford to hire anybody right now but let me sweep your floors and just give me a corner of your shop i can sleep in and, I, and i'll and i'll and i'll watch i'll guard it for free at night i'll, I'll sleep there but i i gotta have something I, I, government would tell you that's illegal i know that and that's that's part of the problem is that rd hopper is that not could, right rd yeah, yeah but yeah but i'm sure they would they'd uh, that's what the minimum wage. The minimum wage says it's illegal. Everybody has to have a time card, and everybody has to have. Min- right. It is. It's so, all, yeah, it's already illegal. But the funny thing is, the people that have told me all those stories were proud of where they started. Oh yeah, and are proud of Not what they've that. done. Right. And but, but but so but yeah, it's illegal. It'd be illegal now. You can't so, let it. I, when I I started working when I was thirteen. You can do that now. I mean, just tell you, right. so, child labor laws right. would so, keep me from so doing Artie what Hopper, I did when I was younger. So Artie Hopper might not be able to afford to hire someone else, but he could afford to to to, to feed somebody and give them a corner of the shop to sleep in. In exchange, and the other option is sleeping under a bridge somewhere, or maybe stealing or begging. Yeah. And so the honorable thing has basically been made illegal in America. But why why do would ever, I do that if the government's going to pay for that's anything right. anyway? Yeah. And that's another part of the problem is that, yeah. that if you're too lazy to do what, what we just described, you deserve to starve. Quit incentivizing bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, kudos to the good Republicans that keep coming out against this minimum wage. Yep awful issue five vote against it in november i mean it's what's your what's your feel on issue five do you think it passes i think it passes i, I, I think, think it yeah. passed without a problem yeah yeah because they have no skin in the game Mm-mm. they're not the businessman that's got to figure out how he's going to do that i wonder if they'll stand outside the door of, of some of these businesses when 
the business owner says, I can't afford your work anymore. I've got to let you go. What scares me, like Ken said, well, the sad thing about what's going on with Kavanaugh is all the women that wouldn't want to come out and say anything when they see all this all this circus. What I feel about is is all the kids that are in school that used to get part-time jobs and work cheap and get into the workforce and learn how to show up for a job and learn how to – to uh about customer service and learn about dealing with people these kids will never have the opportunity if you raise the minimum wage up to get in there and learn how to run a business they're starting look mcdonald's here in uh in arkansas i believe a lot of the owners see the writing on the wall about some of this stuff yeah i i don't know where it was it's on, when i was on my way to florida last week or week before last and going to for um vacation i stopped at a mcdonald's to order my food and they got the kiosks there mm, yeah the one in benton actually has kiosks you can you, you can you still there's still a per, yeah there's still a person so you can choose yeah. you can still choose if you want a person or but there's not the as many people working there yep. as there were you and know, it will get there will get fewer well yeah it's like checking yourself out at walmart you know they yep. may get and they have less and less lines where you just come out and check your own stuff. i like checking myself out because I, I do too less less problems dealing with some of these <laughs> if they would get idiotic them. employees i wish they would have some of those areas though bigger so, so you you're know, not so, having to. so if you bring up a full basket yeah. you can you can you'll go through and you got some place to, to put, put it, them because yeah. it's got to weigh them to make right. sure that you're you know not trying to screw the store out of stuff you know it's for quick purchases sooner or later it's going to be for big purchases as yeah, well just, yeah. just uh, you just wait for the minimum wage to go up and there'll be yeah why don't less, they pay less. me <laughs> they should pay me 15 dollars an hour to check myself check out, out. <laughs> have a little blue jacket there where you put on scan your, that's it you go in you put on the blue jacket maybe, hey maybe smile. maybe that's an, maybe that's an idea maybe they should offer a two percent discount or a three percent discount for people who check themselves out wow well i'm that's not a bad idea to be honest yeah. with you you know to get people more people to do it but do the same thing more and the, more people are doing it anyway yeah do the same thing with a kiosk at mcdonald's i mean i'm quick uh typically if i got a gallon of milk and a bag of cereal i ain't standing in line behind somebody who's got 52 items <laughs> it ain't gonna yeah. happen yeah. well and a customer and one of the customer service is so bad now that i just assume just leave me alone let me to my own devices don't bother me so someone in the store doesn't make me angry yeah just have somebody there so that if it screws up yep. which technology always will do yep. uh that you can fix it for me and i can continue but then if it screws up i have to wait an eternity before anyone comes because customer service is so bad yeah i remember <laughs> I, just, yeah, I, just, I just so, Ken I'm Yang, just so stuck on this service. customer service is just so bad so, and people just you talk about you know working and things of the sort people just don't know how to interact with other people with respect anymore they don't have they don't have to they, you know yeah, they, well, they twitter and, and, back, and they tweet then, yeah they, and back then you said oh well let me talk to the manager well the manager is the same way as the employee rude well, i can what remember you, carrying out ex- groceries what do you expect though when, when you've got so many kids growing up in broken homes, their social lives are terrible, and they, they don't learn how to actually behave. That's not the reason. The well, reason well, is you go to because Chick- they have a smartphone and they do everything <laughs> over a quote, you know, over a uh, over a smartphone. Well, that, you don't interact with people well, there's, anymore. There's that yeah. problem too because you look on on social media and people are terrible jerks online. All right, let's talk to Patrick. Hey, Patrick, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. 
Good afternoon, Dave. How are you, sir? I'm good. Hey, I got a question for you. Can you explain in English uh, the issue one that's going to be on this November's ballot about the uh, lawsuits? And you know, I've seen different sides, and I, I would like to know the uh, straight information on that, if you don't mind. All right. Let me let you go, Patrick, and uh, let you know that I'll do a show on that specifically again in the future. I've had Jerry Cox on here in the last week. So uh, I am not the person to put on to talk either for or against it. What I need to do is get Jerry back on and get somebody from the other side that's for and let those two hash it out on the air. I'll do that for you. I'll make sure that it happens. Yeah, I'm sure we all have our our opinion on it. I'm sure Mm -hmm. Ken's probably pretty up on it, but... All right, we got to take a quick break. Okay. And we'll come back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish it up for this hour and finish it up today for the power panel. Coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, Gina Martin's going to be here with her daughter. We'll talk a little bit about what's going over at Little Rock Tours. And her daughter, who's 14, is, uh, is being hired to perform in Branson. So uh, you get a chance to hear her uh, you know, uh, Gina's been a part of the Dave Ellswick Show for several years. You don't hear her as much and other business owners as much, although now they'd be safe to come on the show. There was a time when it was not safe to come on the Dave Ellswick Show. The state government might strike out at you. Oh, well. well <laughs> i lost of a business. whole lot of sleep over that. <laughs> a, lot <of> business, <laughs> a lot of businesses have had audits pulled on them and stuff multiple mm. audits because well, they came on my show well no it wasn't yeah, because you. i came on your show but you know i, I, I gave <laughs> plenty other reasons besides yeah. that but yeah, you uh, ran yeah. for ran for an office that they didn't want you to have but uh hey just do the right thing and stand up for what's right and that's the american way then if you take heat for it take the heat honor just have honor in what you do yeah that's the only thing that has to happen for evil people to have their way is for the good people not to do anything to worry about getting sued yeah well <laughs> Stay not, in only, bed. not only getting sued <laughs> losing business and all kinds of stuff yeah look up you know the guy that uh, owns the restaurant that uh, senator cruz was at the other night when the antifa people showed up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's had to hire security now because mm-hmm. he's had, had so many threats wow. against mm-hmm. his uh his business mm-hmm. i'm gonna you tell me if I'm wrong here. You carry a concealed weapon to protect yourself. It's called self-defense. If someone posted on social media that they're following you and they're going to get you. You're not safe. Don't Yeah. Don't you have the right at that point if somebody is getting in your face in a public place and threatening you and and uh, there's several of them, wouldn't you have the right to pull your weapon and tell them to step back? Well, well, in my opinion, I I would not pull my weapon unless I saw deadly force. Uh, There's not really that many people that I'm just afraid of as far as just their presence or them threatening me. But if they pulled out a gun, if they they had a gun or a knife or something like that. And his wife was with him. uh, That probably makes a little more difference. I think the situation is kind of what determines it. If they're threatening to hurt you, even if they're not armed, I think that there might be some argument. 
argument there, but but the, I, I think the real issue is is there a, is there a threat that makes it justifiable to use deadly force, and that's right. and that's kind of the issue. Is and there's some people out there that will say, well, someone takes my bicycle i'm gonna shoot him i'm sorry that's murder that's not the people that actually have a concealed weapon license the people that have concealed weapon license have taken the classes and they're responsible enough to know when to do it and not to do it and and that's 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 the thing is that people people need to have a moral compass and how they're going to use so quote-unquote self-defense because you know if 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 you're going to to um, commit murder, that's not self-defense. And just because somebody's done something that they may be wrong, and maybe maybe they've hurt you a little bit in some way, that still doesn't justify killing them in many cases. No, it's only to protect. Okay, so I'll kneecap them. Well, well and, that, and, that, and, that, and the thing is, and that and that might be the better no. approach. But the but the thing is, though, to intentionally kill someone when they've uh, when they've committed perhaps maybe a petty offense um, is is an act of murder. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about petty offense here. I'm talking right. about somebody who's, no, and that's, and that's, who's that's made a, that's a real issue. Has made a uh, you know a public threats. threat to, yeah. to you, and then there's a there's more than one, mm-hmm. right. and they've got you basically cornered, not letting you yeah. out or anything. Yeah, yeah now oh, we're yeah. getting to the point where right. I may thankfully feel, many of these liberals don't own guns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of them. Yeah, that you you wouldn't want you wouldn't yeah, want to. Yeah, and you wouldn't want them. But, to but the bottom line but, is, the concealed weapon holders are the most respectable and honorable and law-abiding citizens, citizens right. in this country. Right. You look at the statistics, and there there there's hardly a group of people you could put up against them that would that would be superior. Can I be, be shameless for a minute, Dave? Just totally off subject. Go right ahead. You got a couple, uh, mi- couple uh, so minutes. Speaking of guns. Uh, this is just me, Ken Yang, personally with American Dream Strategies. I have consult. I'm a consulting firm. I help candidates. One of my candidates is Representative Carolyn Brown, and she recently got endorsed. Good person. She recently got endorsed Sherwood, by the right? yes Sherwood. I think a little bit of little, little, North Little Rock, okay. <clears throat> but mainly Sherwood. Recently got endorsed by the NRA. Um, is running for re-election. Uh, a great uh, house member that will actually uh, fight for your second amendment rights in the state house there you go keep her in we mind need them. oh yeah absolutely we do all right rd thanks for coming in i enjoyed always it, a pleasure ken always a pleasure having you thank back you on. Me. I'm, I'm mad that your viewers didn't get to see my yeah, beautiful we face didn't do it. <laughs> I got, it's hard to be humble <laughs> you know what i heard <laughs> russ looked at me and said yang's face stopped the camera <laughs> all, right. all right paul thank you we appreciate yes, you as well uh gina martin's up next here on the dave ellswick show hey brooke you think i could you could learn how to play thunderstruck by acdc on your ukulele for me <laughs> that would be cool. All right. You got to get right up on the microphone and talk to me. All right. We have Brooke here. All right. This is Gina Martin's daughter. And uh, Gina has been a part of the Dave Ellswick show for years. Uh, hasn't been on for a f- maybe about a year and a half. Hasn't it been? Has it been, been that long? It's been wow. a, a good long time. And the reason being, I'll be real honest, now that the Democrats are out of power, the Democrats were out persecuting people who showed up on my show any length of time and spoke out <laughs> and uh there were a lot of business owners that ended up getting audited and things of that nature and you were one of them i was one of them yes. many times you got audited. several right? times so a few times within a six month time period yeah a lot of a lot of people don't understand that and it's why some business owners will tell me how much they love my show but if i ask them to 
to come on and and to talk about something they say absolutely not they, they just won't do it so i understand that i i accept that to be honest with you all right so i got to <laughs> i mean i can't make them talk it's not like i'm a democrat <laughs> so anyway we got we got brooke here and brooke is 14 is that right yes okay you're 14 years old you play the ukulele and my first question has got to be why the ukulele why not the bass or the drums or an electric guitar or something like that well i chose the ukulele because one night i was watching america's got talent Mm -hmm. and a contestant went on and her name was grace vanderwall and i was told i kind of sounded like her so she was playing the ukulele and so that kind of just inspired me to try it out how difficult was it to learn it uh, it's pretty easy to learn it it's kind of hard at first to like get like the rhythm and stuff mm-hmm. but once you know like how to do it it's pretty easy okay so how do you determine what songs you're going to do i mean there was a guy when i was growing up that had a huge hit and his name was are you ready for this tiny tim <laughs> Have you ever seen Tiny Tim? Have you ever gone no, on to YouTube and I have looked not. up? Go on the go on YouTube and look up Tiny Tim. He was a big hit. He was on Johnny Carson, which would be like being on Letterman or whatever, right? Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, or that Jimmy Kimmel. The... Yeah, he'd been on like on Jimmy Kimmel. And he, he played Tiptoe Through the Tulips. And he sang in a very high falsetto. And it was a huge hit. You remember that? I remember Tiny Tim. Okay. And he got married on Johnny Carson's show to Miss Vicky. I remember, I remember that Miss hat. Vicky. Yeah. I mean, and he played the ukulele. ukulele. You remember that, Russ? Yeah, it's a big deal, wasn't it? It was. It was a huge deal. Now, I'm not suggesting that you get married. You're a little <laughs> young for that yet. And I'm not suggesting you, you do tiptoe through the tulips because you'd be way out of, you know, what people would want to hear. But uh, what what's the music that you play? What kind of songs do you lean towards i mostly just play like everything i don't really have a certain kind of thing that i play i just do what like the songs that i like and then try them out see if it works she does a little country a little rock and roll all right yeah so you're a little gospel you're like marie and donnie joined together <laughs> I don't know and she that. has no idea who I'm talking about wasn't there a song I'm a little, a little bit country and and I'm a little, little bit rock, rock and roll, roll. Okay. that's exactly right, right. Marie Osmond and Donnie Osmond you don't know who mm, I'm talking about not really yeah that's fine <laughs> and you should because the Osmonds had a show in Branson yes they did they so. did but it was his brothers it wasn't Donnie and it wasn't Marie, Marie. it was the brothers and they were yeah. they were always on this guy's show uh, at Christmas time, by the name of Angie Williams, who you also don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but one of her songs uh-huh. is Moon River. Moon River, which was made famous by Andy Williams. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, now you know. <laughs> now, now, now you know. For the movie, what movie was it from? Do you remember, Gina? Oh, let me think. No. I, I think don't. it was Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, yes, you're right. Breakfast at Tiffany's. And that was the Academy Award winning yes. song for that movie, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm going to have you perform for us here in a minute. Okay. Do, you, do you need to go somewhere and, and sing scales and 
Get your voice all warmed up. I think I'm good. You think you're good? All right. Yeah. All right. Now, when you play the ukulele, is it basically playing chords? I mean, are you picking and grinning, or are you just I like, don't know cording? how to pick. I just strum. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's chords. Then, <laughs> That's all right. You strum. I like <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. All right. So you're performing in Branson now. Yes. How did that all come about? I mean, did somebody hear you? Were you like yes. sit, standing on a street corner playing your ukulele or something? I mean, I, well, I had a video of her winning a competition on a cruise ship. She won the Voice of the Ocean. Oh, wow. And I was trying to send this video to her band director at Lakeside because they were putting a show together, and I was standing at a travel show and the wi-fi was not working in the convention center and i was standing there and i was holding my phone up in the air and a lady said (laughs) was standing next to me and and i said are you getting a wi-fi signal and she's like well no wi-fi is really bad in here what are you trying to send and i said i'm trying to send a video of my daughter singing and we got to talking and she was the um, marketing director for the Clay Cooper Theater in Branson. And she's like, oh, let me see the video. Ah. And so when I showed her the video, she's like, oh, Clay has to hear her sing. And so she's like, I'm going to send him over to, um, you know, to find you mm-hmm. later. And I was like, oh, okay. And then so when he came over and and asked me for to play the video, he listened to it, and they invited her to sing in Branson on the show. Very cool. How was that? I mean, how big was the audience for you? Uh, it felt like they weren't there because, like, when I got up there, I just looked out and it was completely dark. So I felt like I was just by myself. Yeah, all the bright lights on. You yeah. can't see out there, <laughs> yeah. can you? No, not really. You could hear them breathing, though, couldn't you? <laughs> Chewing on food, eating popcorn, slurping, all right, doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, that people don't realize that when you're on stage and stuff, you you can't hardly see the, the yes, audience. Yes, she couldn't at all. see anything, which was it was harder for her to play. Like she's played around town a little bit, and it's she can look out and see faces up close. And to her, she'd rather not, you know, be be in the bigger places for now. And Branson was a big theater. I think it was like a couple thousand people. And, wow. Um, and but it was when she it like she said, I got up there and I couldn't see a thing. So well, I guess that was good. a good thing. Yeah, I'd rather do. Think if that you could look out and there was two thousand people just going like this, <laughs> <laughs> staring at you, <laughs> and waiting. You would, you would have been going, "Uh oh, I yeah. got to do this." What song did you do? Uh, I sang "Sunglasses at Night" and "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Very cool. sunglasses at night. She one of my favorite. This version. is one of my favorite songs. Really? Yes, See, it you should have played that one today. I wear my sunglasses at yeah right, All right. <laughs> i'm gonna make you play it today oh because i want i'm gonna want to hear can you can you do it when i ask mm, i think you can okay she was gonna play a different one but if you like that one we can what's do the that other one. one that you were thinking about doing uh a song called river but sunglasses at night works okay all right we're gonna change we'll, it up we're live. Gonna change, you gotta this is the way show business works kid <laughs> that's the way it goes all right brooks here uh, Gina's here. I'm going to talk to Gina about, about Little Rock Tours as well. We haven't had her on for a while. There's a lot of things going on over there about trips coming up and things that you need to know about. And uh, we got about 16 after 4. Don't forget about applied uh, uh, 
I got to take my glasses off. I got to take my glasses off so I can read what I got in front of me. Applied research, uh, the clinical research studies that they do there, explore the safety and effectiveness of uh, investigational drugs that they have. They've got several different studies going. All you have to do is go to their website, arcarkansas.com. That's the letter A, the letter R, the letter C, and then arkansas.com. And uh, you go there, have pull-down menus on all these different studies. You'll find out what you need to meet to qualify to get into the studies. And if you want to, you fill out the information that they need on you, and then they'll get back to you in the future. Now, if you just want to put yourself into their system, you can do that well. Maybe one of these studies doesn't work for you. Maybe something in the future that they have coming up because they got a bunch of new studies getting ready to start. They'll call you and see if you're interested in those. There is some compensation involved in these studies, and you don't have to pay for the drugs or 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 anything like that. It's uh, you are volunteering to do this. Again, that's arcarkansas.com or call five zero one nine five four seventy eight twenty two for applied research. Go. All right, back with you. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. It's going to be the Brooke Show now. <laughs> Brooke is 14. She's Gina Martin's daughter. She's been uh, she's performed in Branson, going to be performing again. When is that going to happen? Uh, we're, she's, we're going up on the 25th of October. Okay. And she performs. Uh, we do an overnight trip, and it includes the Clay Cooper Show, which she's performing in, but we're also including the Samson Biblical musical at which Sight is Sound great, by Theater. The way. Yes. Yeah, I was there for the the first night, the opening night, and we broadcast from Sight and Sound. Just had a great time there. Those great people. They are, and the, the actors, the special effects. They have live animals on stage, and oh, they yeah. walk down the aisle. And if you've never seen a show at Sight and Sound, they're really have you seen spectacular. Samson? I've not seen it it's yet, really but I good. will see it when I go up there with Brooke. Really We've good. had three tours up there this year. They all sell out. So this is our only overnight that we're doing for Samson. Do you do the backstage uh, tour as well with them? Um, we know we have offered that before. Now, on this particular one, the backstage is not being offered. Oh, okay. Did, because we get up there too Did late. you hear the story about it? Do you know Which about, part? about the backstage, how big it is? How big is it? Oh, well, it's the exact same dimensions as what the ark was. Really? In the Bible, yeah. Really? Yeah, they, they were figuring it out, and they were about 15 foot off. Wow. And they actually added the exact the number of feet uh, while they were building the building so that it would be the exact size of cool. the ark. I, yeah, that was very cool. I, but that should tell you how big it is. I mean, it's huge yeah the stage it's got i think what i think they store five other shows in the backstage right and they have all the animals too yeah the animals (laughs) and they got the the actors and actresses Mm -hmm. let's not forget about them that's really really a nice uh, they got a great setup their sound system is uh just awesome the light system is awesome and uh, if you've never seen a show up there uh with sight and sound you should go check it out and you'll want pictures in the front of the uh, the lion and the lamb mm-hmm. in front of there and get pictures of yourself with that. And then inside, they always have a, a sculpture to go along with the show. Uh, my favorite that they've done thus far was the one on Moses. 
and the Moses statue that mm-hmm. they had. I haven't seen the statue for Samson. They didn't have that up when we were there. They had all that cleared out because they had the red carpet for mm-hmm. the actors and all of that. So, But it was a lot of fun. In fact, the guy that was playing Samson at that time, I don't know if he still is, is from here in Little Rock. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he was cast as, as Samson. All right, Brooke, it's your time. Okay. It's your time. <laughs> This is this is her debut, her radio by debut. Request, yes. By Dave Ellsworth. Yes, I requested, requested this. this song. <laughs> I requested the song. We did that not she's rehearse this. So. No, yeah. we did not. <laughs> All right. So she's going to do sunglasses at night, which is one of my my favorite. If it has something to do with sunglasses, I like the song. I like this one, and I like ZZ Top sunglasses song. So. I'm going to turn it over over to you, Brooke, and it's okay. all yours. Okay. I wear my sunglasses at night so I can so I can watch you even and read your storylines. Carl, she's deceiving me. It got more security as she's got control of me. I turn to her and say, Don't switch the blade on the guy in the shades, oh no. Don't masquerade with the guy in the shades, oh no. I can't believe it. You got in me with the guy in the shades, oh no And I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can Forget my name while you collect your claim My security eyes She's got control of me I turn to her and say Don't switch the blade on the guy in the shades Oh no Don't masquerade with the guy in the shades Oh no I can't believe it Cause you got in me with the guy in the shades Oh no should have ran back to my office and put my sunglasses on. <laughs> Seriously. I, I really like that song a lot. You did a good job. Thank you. Very good job. I mean, why did you pick that one? I mean, what was it about that song that you said, you know, I'd like to perform that one? I just saw a YouTube video of someone singing it that I really liked, and I just decided to learn it, and my mom said it sounded really good, so. <laughs> yeah, it does. It sounds good. 
was it that song that you you showed to the guy at Branson, or what song was it? No, the one I showed in Branson was all about that bass by <laughs> Megan Trainor. All about the, you do that song. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, the one no. that she did on the cruise ship, and then she did "What a Wonderful World." She did that one, and you know they have different um, stages of competition. Uh-huh. So she, you know, uh, just like the show, the voice. So she in the last one was all about that bass. Very cool. That's the one that. They, that the Clay Cooper Theater. Song. Did you have all the? Did you have all the dance moves and everything no. down? No, you didn't have all of that. That's a, that's a very good She did a very song. clean version of it too. Well, yeah, I would expect that. I was just talking to her. I was asking her if she had heard of Prince, and she's just kind of, you know. And did you did you know? I didn't know this, Gina. I found it out today. He wrote Manic Monday for the Bangles. He did. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, he had done the song evidently with Apollyanna Six mm-hmm. and didn't like how the duet came out, and so they discarded it from an album. And he was very taken with the guitarist of the Bangles and was trying to figure out how to make some inroads with her and hmm. offer the song, gave it to him, became their number one hit. Wow. Well, he's an he was an excellent songwriter oh, my and Lord. musician. How many instruments did he play? Yeah, he was amazing. And it's just sorry that you know he got hooked on opioids mm-hmm. and killed in killing himself. But uh, yeah, he was very very talented. Well, we're going to take about in ninety seconds. We're going to take a break. Let you gather your wits about you now, <laughs> all right? Because you were nervous. Yeah. All right, you were nervous. That's mm-hmm. all right. Not, don't worry. There's thousands of people listening. <laughs> It's, it's no it's it's nothing okay, all right? just between you and me all right nobody else here nobody listening your mom's here no big deal and gina when we come back we'll talk about little rock tours and what you guys get going and all the great trips that that you that you offer and are you doing what you have done in the past with the razorbacks on the home yes games? well we we're doing uh the alab the two that we have left is the alabama this and the weekend? lsu okay those are the two and we just got back from the Southwest Classic. Yeah, you want to. Yeah, you'll definitely want to ride with them up to see the Alabama game because you'll probably be so depressed coming back. <laughs> you don't want to drive your car into a bridge or something, and so let, let them do the driving uh, uh, for you. That's the best way to do that. All right, we'll be back in just a moment. Dave Ellswick show here on a Tuesday. The Bible guys will be coming up after the top of the hour. If you still have a question for them, you can send it to us at BibleGuys at SalemLR. That's S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com. And we'll ask that of them uh, during that segment. All right, back with you. Final uh, 25 minutes. Let's turn our attention over to Gina for just a little. I'll get Brooke off the hook for a few minutes. <laughs> She's happy with that. Get out of the spotlight for a moment. Your mom does a really good job with this. You can learn a lot from her about how to handle this kind of stuff. All right, so Gina, what's going on? Uh, first of all, let everybody know about the trip up to Branson so they can hear your daughter and see Samson and, and just have a great time. Well, it departs on October the 25th, and it's an overnight trip. We see the Samson uh, biblical show at the Sight and Sound Theater, and we stay right by the Tanger Outlet Mall, and I know it's getting closer to Christmas, so there will be uh, some shopping time. And then we see the Clay Cooper Show at the Clay Cooper Theater. And if you've not seen that, it was, he was the Entertainer of the Year. He was the 2017 Show of the Year in really? Branson. It's an amazing show. He has singing, dancing, comedy, 
uh, Trick Roping, and now Brooke for that show. And um, it's $199 a person based on double occupancy. That includes your round-trip transportation, your lodging, your show tickets to Samson and Clay Cooper, all your taxes, and um, two breakfasts in the morning. Wow, that's really good. It's a yeah. great deal. It's are, a great deal. Are you, where are you staying? Which uh, motel? Is it the one that sits up there on the hill and looks right down I on I want to say it's the Grand Victorian. Yeah. It's real close to the Outlet Mall. Okay. Yeah, that's right uh, Right there on, on uh, the main drive. Right on drive. the main drive. Yes. Yeah. Grand Victorian is a nice place. It is. It is. It's a good um, place to stay. Yeah. It's, you can walk to a lot of places around. It's next to Denny's. Your favorite place. Yeah. You still love Denny's. I still love Denny's. I'm still the Duke <laughs> of Denny's. I go... Whenever I can get over to Denny's to eat, I go eat at Denny's. I know you do. You know, I like Denny's. And it's also close, if I'm not mistaken, there's a donut place right next to it. I mean, they got they do. all the major food mm-hmm. groups right there. They do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, you stay there at the Grand Victoria. You, you can do some outlet shopping. Outlet shopping and the two shows. And again, it's round trip transportation. You don't have to drive yourself. And um, we'd love to have you. One ninety nine a person. Uh, and just call 501 Tour Bus or you can book online at littlerocktours.com. And again, it's October the 25th. It's a uh, Thursday. We come back that Friday evening. So we're there in Branson for two days. Oh, wow. That's close. I thought you were going to be back on, uh, on Saturday, but you said it was just an overnighter. Yes, an so overnighter. Should have knew that there's a Friday there. So you'd be coming back on Friday. Mm-hmm. What's some other trips you got coming up that are? That are going to be some things people should. You normally have the things around Christmas time. We for do. We have several Christmas tours going. We have one. It's uh, Savannah and the Biltmore, and we go out to uh, Savannah, Georgia. And if you've never seen the Biltmore stay, the Vanderbilt's home, mm-hmm. it's beautiful Christmas time. We do a candlelight dinner out there, oh, wow. and in Savannah, we do a riverboat cruise, and we see a Christmas show out there. We stay in the heart of downtown Savannah, the historic district, so there's a lot of things uh, around the hotel, and we give you a, a hop-on, hop-off pass, so you can explore uh, downtown Savannah and all the plantation homes at your leisure. Yeah, Savannah uh, is a well-kept secret. It is. I mean, seriously, a lot of people don't know. If you've never been there, and if you want a real taste of the true South and get a feeling of what it was like, the homes and, and things, that Civil War type mm-hmm. stuff, that is the place to go. And it was made famous in the Midnight Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah, the and they said that when that movie came out, the tourism of Savannah skyrocketed. It, that movie actually was the catalyst for the tourism boom for Savannah. Really? So I'm always like, we need to make a great movie about Arkansas. And, uh, and um, because it, it really did wonders. If you take a tour of historic Savannah, they talk about the influence of that movie on their economy. I mean, they still talk about it. They have Garden of Good and Evil tours. Wow. And it's... And and a lot of it was the quirky characters from the movie. I don't know if you've seen the movie John Cusack in the movie and all the quirky characters of that movie. And it just really uh, intrigued a lot of people. And as a result, the tourism economy of Savannah took off, and it's always uh, it's never been the same since. Well, it's a nice, quiet community, and it's a beautiful community. It, it is. really is. I mean, it is. it's really it's. And you're right, civil it's war. It's stately. And, mm-hmm. that, that's the best I. Th- word i can come as stately when you go there Mm -hmm. it's really cool and they keep it well manicured they do they do (laughs) well that that tour that we have is uh december the second 
And we have a couple other Christmas tours. Uh, we have the Country Christmas, which is two nights at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel in, in oh, Nashville. Cool. And we see one. the Cirque Dreams Holidays show and Ice Spectacular. And so that is uh, mid-December. That's December 12th. So we have that one going as well. And um, Nashville's always a good time. Are, are you going to be at the Grand Ole Opry on one of those tours? Uh, we're doing the two shows, the Ice and then the Cirque Show, which are both in uh, the Opryland Hotel. But oh, okay. we do spend a night, or we spend a, a, an evening on Broadway on the Honky Tonk Highway. And in the Christmas time, the Grand Ole Opry is there at the Ryman, which is right there. Right, so people, downtown. if they want to see the Opry on this tour, they have the option of doing so. If you want to really see the Opry, well, you're supposed to see the Opry, you go to the Ryman. Ryman. I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. that's where it was forever, and then they moved over to the the bigger and quote better, but bigger and better does, took a lot of history away right, from it. Right, which is why they move it in uh, Christmas time. I think Vince Gill, Amy Grant have their Christmas show there oh, at the wow. Ryman, and it's great. We did that one last year, and everybody loved it. So we kind of changed it up a little bit. But if you're interested in doing the Vince Gill, Amy Grant, you can still see that on this tour, and that one is on December the twelfth. Oh, cool. And then if you go to Nashville, you know you're going to find good food. Mm-hmm. There's yes. a lot of good food around there. I love there. Jack's that, Barbecue that, on Broadway. That that city in the last 20 years has really evolved into something special. Mm-hmm. And again, the show Nashville. Yeah. It's these, you know, the movies and the TV shows. Really, I think people are just so... <laughs> Man, it's a they, great place. And, I know that. And, it had, and they built that great big convention center. And they didn't have enough hotel rooms, which is why the hotel rooms are so, so expensive in Nashville. But then they brought the Titans in. Mm-hmm. When NFL football came to Nashville, mm-hmm. it exploded. Mm-hmm. It really, really did. Of course, don't forget to go see the Bat uh, Building. You got to see that. Oh, the Bat that. Building, yes. Yeah, you got to see that. Mm-hmm. You'll understand why it's called the Bat Building when you see mm-hmm. it. You can't miss it. Yep, part of the skyline. Yep, it is. Okay, so... Uh, people need to go to, uh, of course, uh, LittleRockTours.com, okay. or you can call our office. It's 501-TOUR-BUS, and you know, we do, as you mentioned, the Razorback Games, and we do. We have two cruises we're offering next year, one Panama Canal. Oh, you're going to do that we're one again? We're going back. Remember that one? Yeah, two weeks again? It's um, This one isn't as long because um, the Panama Canal cruise is out of Galveston, Okay. And we don't go through it and end up in California. We go through it and come back. Oh, okay. And so it, we do Grand Cayman, Aruba, Cartagena, Cozumel, and it's not the same itinerary as the last Panama Canal cruise. We went up the west side, and it was great. Yes. Yeah. That was – and they have the new – and we did it before the new locks were right, built. Right, So we this is them. Right. So if you were on that trip with – because with us, because we went with like fifty people, this is a this is a new new stops and new uh, destinations and the new locks. So it's going to be a completely different experience. Yeah, what was so cool about that trip is as we were going through the canal, you could see the brand new doors that they had sitting over on dry land that they're putting in the new locks. They were huge. Mm-hmm. It was. I, I mean, remember. you don't realize how big that is until you get in there. Yes. It is big, yes. really big. It was a, it was mm-hmm. really special. It really was. It was raining the day we went through, but I don't care. I, went on, I got didn't wet, either. So I sat out on the back balcony. Yeah, at the end of the ship, and it was it was an, it was a great cabin to have for yeah. that canal trip. 
Yeah, you go Canal. in, you pull in, and uh, they close off the gates in front and in back, and they'd fill it up with water and lift you the boat up, and then they'd open up the gates in front of you, and you'd go through, and they'd do it. I forget mm-hmm. how many steps there were. And, but then, and there's some narration. Time. Yeah. So you understand it. It's not – it's a different kind of cruise. It's – I know this is a wrong word to use. Educational as well as – entertaining there's a lot of stuff on the cruise that's entertaining Mm -hmm. but i mean going through that but you know it was just a great cruise we stopped at a lot of different places on the west side it was a lot of fun they were they were what taking a cruise ship in to have it redone i guess Mm -hmm. revamped Mm -hmm. somehow yeah it was uh we got a really good deal right yeah this is a pretty good deal let's see it's a two week it's two weeks it's 27.95 that's good Mm -hmm. and that's uh 14 nights, that is your uh, cruise, all your shipboard meals, your cruise fees, fees, your port charges, your government taxes, your lodging in Galveston the night before, your round-trip transportation to Galveston. And um, you, if you book by a certain date, you also get uh, credit, shipboard credit. Yeah, there so you go. It's a, it's a good deal. Now, Brooke, you've been on cruises, right? Three. All right. Is the food good on the cruises? Yes. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? The food is awesome. (laughs) She'll tell you what her favorite food is. What is it? I ate, like, salmon every night for dinner on, like, all of them. And the dessert? Oh, chocolate melting cake. Yes. Yes. She has. You should join me and Mark Tolliver (laughs) on cruises. Yes. We love what I would call a volcano cake, Mm -hmm, of course. mm -hmm. But you cut into it and that chocolate just Mm -hmm. oozes out. It's good, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. Oh, yeah. Because we came back and she's like, Mom, can you learn how to make chocolate melting cake? (laughs) Because she was going through withdrawal (laughs) every night for dinner. There is, of course, recipes out there for that. I tried making one, but it's not the same. It wasn't the same? <laughs> oh, no. Okay. That's because you had to make it. See, there's something about sitting down and somebody's made it for you that <laughs> yeah. makes it special. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll have uh, Gina tell you a few more things that are coming up, and then we're going to have Brooke sing. What, what song are you going to do next for us? Uh, River. All right. So you're going to sing one more time for you. You know, there's apples, tomatoes, red and green. Okay, as well as watermelons, okra, yellow squash, zucchini, cucumbers, all still at Holland Bottom Farm. Fresh from the farm to your table. And they have begun to put out the fall decor as well. They've got pumpkins. They've got regular pumpkins. They've got decorative pumpkins. They've got straw. They have mums, corn stalks. They even have cotton for you as well. And uh, new operating hours are going on right now. They open on Sundays now. Uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and uh, then they're open uh, Monday through Saturday as well to 6 p.m. That's uh, Holland Bottom Farms. They're out on Highway 321 in Cabot. All right, one last segment, and then we got to say goodbye to Brooke. I don't want her to leave. <laughs> She's really talented, Brooke. Thank you. We were talking during the break, and I was asking her what she wanted to be, and she looked at me and said, either do this or be a real estate agent. <laughs> That's about. That's two things that are pretty far apart. I thought that was interesting. How long you been singing? As long uh, as you can remember. Probably, but I started playing ukulele and like actually getting into it like a year and a half ago. Maybe that's all. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. And see, now you got to you got to learn a ton of songs so people can start requesting. Mm-hmm. 
She does. See, I, re- I was talking to her, and I told her she needed to learn Yesterday by the Beatles, and then she needs to learn Desperado by the Eagles. Maybe Hotel California. You could do that one. That would be good. Be a good I, one. She I learned that a, one. She learned, a, she learned Imagine. Oh, yeah. That's a great and, song. That's um, a good Beatles song. I'll, I'll tell her to play something. She's like, I've never heard of it before. I'm like, well, learn it because it's classic and someone yeah. will eventually someday ask you to perform it. So yeah. she does. And sometimes she's like, I don't know if I can do this one. Are you doing like weddings and bar mitzvahs? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's okay. You want to do one more song for us? Uh, yes. No problem. Okay, you tell the, the listeners what you're going to do, who did this song, and, and why you picked this one to do. Okay, well, I'll be singing River by Leon Bridges because I heard a cover of it, and it was really cool. <laughs> All right, you like it. Okay, well, we'll tr- this is Brooke. Now, we're going to tell you how you can go up and see her live on the stage in just a moment, but right now we're going to let you hear. Go ahead. Been driving these light roads for so long. My heart's been far from you. Ten thousand miles gone. Oh, I want to come to you and give you every part of me. But this blood on my hands And my lips are unclean In my darkness I remember Mama's words reoccur to me Surrender to the good Lord And wipe your slate clean Take me to your river I wanna go home Take me to your river I want to know Dip me in your smooth waters Go in From a man with many crimes That come up for air As my sins flow down the Jordan Oh, I want to come to you and give you every part of me But this blood on my hands and my lips are unclean Take me to your river, I want to go
Very nice. Very nice. All right. So you got a chance to go up and and catch Brooke now while she's only 14. Yes. Up in Branson because not in the not too distant future be paying big money to see her perform. (laughs) All right. So uh, tell everybody about the trip again, Gina. So uh, we leave October 25th. It's an overnight trip to see the Clay Cooper show uh, that includes singing, dancing, comedy, Brooke, uh, and then also the Samson Biblical show at the Sight Great and Sound show. Theater. And it's $199, includes your lodging, your two show tickets, your round trip transportation, your taxes, two meals, and you get some shopping time at the outlet mall. And you can call 501 Tour Bus or go to littlerocktours.com and sign up. I suggest just go on the internet. It's yes. a great place to go, and it's got everything you need to know right there. Mm-hmm. Gina, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for coming by. Thanks so much and for we'll having me. And we'll have you back uh, here in the near future. And we'll have you back, Brooke. All right. It was good to be here. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Learn Desperado, and I'll definitely have you back. All right. (laughs) Let's take a break. We've got uh, the Bible guys coming up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Last hour of a Tuesday show. That means that the Bible guys are here. Bible guys at SalemLR.com. That's where you can send your questions too if you can't call if you can call it's 8230965 8230965 and uh, you can get right on in here russ answer uh, your phone call get set up and then uh, scott and steve will be ready to answer uh, as best as they can uh, your questions here uh, on the bible guy segment of the dave ellswick show don't forget that uh, Scott is the pastor at Agape Church, 701 Napa Valley Drive here in Little Rock. They'd love to see you at the church if you don't have a church home. Uh, Sunday service time is 10 a.m. Their website is ACLR, okay, Agape Church, Little Rock, aclr.org. That's you right. You can get all the information you need about the church right there. You've been out traveling about. Yeah. Steve I, has been working. Well, <laughs> Well, then someone has to keep things uh, moving in the country. No, I, I was uh, I was working myself. Um, I was in California, but because um, somebody has to go, and uh, he wasn't on the beach. Yeah, Dave, I, I was on the beach. In <laughs> you Florida, were on the beach. Baby. Yeah. Uh, no, um, there's a church in um, in uh, Orange County, south of L.A., uh, that, which is a very conservative. area. It's a very conservative area. Yes, and um, excuse me. And uh, it was a church that was probably one of our largest uh, supporting churches when we lived overseas. Uh-huh. And it kind of became a tradition that the uh, the pastor, whenever he would take his vacation every year, that I would uh, go and take over his church uh, and more or less pastor his people and take care of cool. things for him. And so after I moved back to the States a few years ago, um, he wanted to continue that if I was willing. And so we've been doing that. So he'll, he'll leave uh, for about 10 days. And I'll go and I'll do a um, um, couple of Wednesday night services, youth service, uh, Sunday morning service, Wednesday night service, uh, um, see other pastors in the area. So it's 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 a working trip, but it's uh, uh, but it's just a change of pace, it, you know, change of scenery. But it uh, it's a busy time. But I was I was glad to come home. Is it is it uh, good for a, a preacher to get out in front of other people than just his home congregation? I think so. I think so. I think there is. Uh, I think like anything else, you know, uh, people get used to you, and um, and so it's a good a good thing to mix up. I think that's why the, the Lord gave 
five different ministry gifts to the body. The book of Ephesians says that he gave uh, gifts to the body, uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then it says for the edifying of the saints, uh, for the perfection of the saints, for the the work of the ministry. So there is a, a need for a multiplicity of gifts in the body. And sometimes when one gift is dominant, uh, it's good to kind of mix things up like that. All right. So, so I, I, I enjoy it, and the people really enjoy it as well. All right. Now, you've been over at Agape for what, three years? Four. Four years mm-hmm. now. Okay. Yeah, four and a half, yeah. All right. So it's it's truly a reflection of you now, right? Yeah, probably a, about the church has uh, grown and changed to the point where probably about 65, 65 70% of the people now are uh, new to um, my pastorate. Yeah. So there's about 30, 40% of the people who are who are there from uh, the previous pastorate. So because yeah, I was happy. I mean, happy yep. was well known and yep. well loved mm-hmm. and uh, he still he still attends. He's a member of the church. He's still there he and his wife Jeannie. But you were different than he was. Uh just a little bit. Yeah. Just, but, was it just a little bit? Not really just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it, it was pretty extreme. But you know, God does things like that. You think about uh, the Bible says that Moses, it says he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And who was his successor? Joshua, he was the one who who, who, he knocked, who knocked heads and co- conquered <laughs> lands and went in, and he was he was the warrior. He was the leader who led the children of Israel into the, to the promised land. Then you have like Elijah and Elisha. Uh, Elijah, he lived in caves. He was a, a wild man. And then Elisha, as soon as Elijah passed away, Elisha went into town, found a rich widow woman to get a nice condo or a nice apartment. <laughs> I mean, they were very, very opposite people. And so God seems to do that a lot, that you know, uh, that whenever he pairs people together, uh, the next person, that the successor that comes along kind of becomes uh, strong where the other one was weak, and they may be weak where the other one was strong, and it's almost like a, a marriage in a way, you know, and it, it works. What was What's the toughest thing? Uh, this is not what the show was supposed to be about. It just yeah. suddenly kind of interests me. Is this, you know, what's been the toughest thing to learn mm. over the four years? Is it the administrative duties? That that was um, quite daunting. When I got there, I had eighty two employees. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it, wow. Well, that's nicer than being the. Yeah, you're everything, and even the janitor. Of well, the that, that's true, but you know, I didn't know anyone uh, of the staff, and I didn't know what they did or why they did it or who they answered to or what. I mean, it, it, that was a, a big, uh, a big challenge, just weeding through that, and then figuring out whether or not we actually needed this many staff members. And the last thing you want to do is be the new guy coming in and axing everybody. Correct. So you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a tightrope to um, uh, to walk. Um, but um, I think at this juncture the thing i learned most was how to how to to exist or to live outside of stress i mean i learned that because um i mean i'm kind of burying my soul here but um not many people are aware of this but um in the first um 18 months i was hospitalized twice um because of stress Mm -hmm. um and the Lord kept telling me, He said, "You've got to, you've got to do this, that, and the other. You've got to release this, release that. You've got to, you've got to make this happen. Otherwise, it's going to affect your health." Yeah, give and, it to me, yeah, right? And you know, <laughs> you know, theoretically, you I mean we know that, yeah, you, you know, it's in the Word. Cast all your care, and I've I've done that my whole life, but this was at a completely different um, level of uh, releasing uh, releasing things, and so um, for me, that was one of the the things I really had to learn, and also to be completely confident in who God made me to be in the anointing on my life and not try to 
mimic or be anybody else. And uh, resting in that, my, the anointing God has given me mm-hmm. um, was uh, was a big part of that as well. Was it was it hard stepping into to Happy's footsteps? Well, so to speak, in in a in a way, it, it was only in the sense of what people expected, um, mm-hmm. and um, people expected certain things. But I, I, I asked, someone asked me that question when I first first came here here, and my answer to them offended them. And uh, because what I said to them when they asked me the question about stepping into the shoes, I said, I said, um, no, I wear my own shoes. Good. And I think that the True, reason— True, you're, you're your own man. Right, and I think that that was a part of the issue. People f- expected me to come in to step into his shoes and more or less be a continuation of his ministry. And I give great honor and credit to what, what, the man, what God did through the man. Mm-hmm. But this was, this was Joshua's time, and Joshua couldn't— Joshua could not continue to be Moses and accomplish what Joshua needed to do. He had to be thoroughly Joshua. And and so I had to – the shoes I was wearing when I came into the ministry is the shoes God wanted me to have on. So I never tried to really step in or, or to fill them because I was I was very different in that way. And um, and it's worked. I mean, I mean Pastor Cole has been fantastic just to hear from God. God said, Scott is your successor. You're to transition the ministry to him and to – back off disappear and he has i mean he is he has been nothing but a support to me in the pastorate uh and everything that i have everything that we have uh done he's been a great uh, cheerleader for us but so i've never tried to to fill those shoes in the conventional sense that people might uh might think all right first question yep guy wrote to us and i don't have it right in front of me but i can paraphrase what he said he said would you ask scott and steve what translation they use uh, in the Bible. I think he's looking to buy himself a new Bible. Was wondering what translation that you all have, and I didn't write back. I I thought I knew what the answer was, but I'll let you guys answer it. I've been talking quite a bit, Steve. I'll pitch it to you. Um, I've been using the same Bible since I got saved. I got saved in September of '96. Was using a bunch of different Bibles that I had uh, borrowed from friends and family until I was um, at a bookstore in actually Germany, and just found this new King James version that I picked up instead of trying to um, get th- wrestle through the these and the thous um, and thou shouts and all of that. So I started with that one, and as I began to learn to study, I actually I stuck with it uh, because I became very f- um, familiar with it. I, I read it then constantly. I'm on my second version of it, you know, because I tore apart the first one. Uh, where the binding was coming apart. So I just bought the exact same version because I am very comfortable in knowing where everything's at in it. Mm-hmm. And and I don't really worry about, and there are some verses and different words that I know are, that are not correct, but since I learned how to study, I can see those without having to have a different translation. So I encourage people to find one that they're comfortable with, if they're comfortable with the with the old English of the King James, but learn how to research and study in languages, in Greek, in Hebrew, and then you re- that really won't be as much of an issue for you. Okay. But I, I think for me, even in the beginning, the New King James was the easiest for reading. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think that uh, I use also the uh, the New King James. Um, but I think the big part is to know how to uh, study because really all the English translations have their uh, have their strengths and their weaknesses. You're not going to find an English translation that's going to be really everything. And also, I'll go ahead and point out. The vast majority of Bibles out there are not translations; they are revisions. So they're basically a rewrite of a previous translation. 
I mean, there's really only a handful of true translations. The, the you know, the um, books like um, you know, the Living Bible is not a, a translation. It it's is a, a paraphrase. It's a paraphrase. Then you have things like the um, like the uh, Amplified Bible. That's not a translation. You, you could, there's a, a whole bunch. I'm drawing. Actually, for some reason, I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, but I could give you a list of books that are just Bibles are just revisions. Basically, what they do is they take a book like the the Bible, like the King James, and then they just rewrite it in more modern speech. Yeah, modernize it. Yeah, modernize it. So it's not a translation. It's just it's it, they're just be, trying to they're they're leaning on the scholarship of the, those who did the the uh, the King James. So there's really only a handful of true translations out there. Uh, but if if I could recommend something beyond the the King James, if someone's wanting to go more into Hebraics, um, a, a good a good uh, read for you would be um, it's called the Complete Jewish Bible. It's a it's a translation by a man named David Stern. He is a Messianic um, believer, so he's a Jewish man who believes in Jesus. But I would get along with that. It's called the uh, the complete uh, Jewish uh, New Testament commentary that he put with it. Um, those two things working together are really good. It's only a commentary on the New Testament, but it's a really a, kind of a good set if you want to kind of move forward. Now, I will say it has a lot of Hebrew words in it. So, like, you know, instead of saying Holy Spirit, it'll say Ruach HaKodesh. And you have to learn some vocabulary as you're going through it. So, not quite sure exactly how this guy is wanting to to run with it, but um, I would kind of move that direction. But of course, the best Bible to use is the original. Uh, but very few people have the ability to access just access that because of the linguistics. Yeah. I'm, what do you use, Dave? I use uh, the New King James version. Yeah, yeah same one. Uh, but I just was wondering if you know, can you not to get a Hebrew Bible and and have a English translation with the the Hebrew. I have one. It's got the it's New King James on one side basically. and it's Hebrew on the other side. And how does that work? Is it pretty good? I mean, or well, you got to be. You gotta although you got to figure out what the Hebrew word right. yeah. means. Yeah. yeah, but there are so many other Bibles that that have that option. But I, I mean, I use an app for that. So if I'm wanting to see something where it's literally being transliterated right there, and, and then I can click on a button and actually look at the definition, I, I use an app for that. I don't use paper version for that. Yeah, because when you so there are there are Bibles that are called interlinear Bibles, and um, sometimes those are hard because they try to follow the the exact word order, mm-hmm. and so it's really kind of jumbled up words. That's kind of hard to do. Plus, Hebrew has no defined word order. It can be basically in any word order. Uh, and so you're leaning on somebody else who's put them in there in the way they think that they should be. Uh, so it it it's not as clear of an answer as what you know. Right, it's very it's difficult. Not a, it's not a black and white the answer. The King James version is a good translation because they. It, part of the reason that it, it sounds a little funny, besides the Elizabethan English, is there are some just direct translations and transliterations that they didn't. I mean, there's some definitions that didn't are words they didn't have definitions for, so they had to kind of create. You know, if you will, but it it reads almost in a sense as close as it can without completely flipping the language around. Very similar to the, how the Hebrew might be or would be, uh, but not obviously because in Hebrew the verb is first. Um, but so not necessarily that way. But that's part of the reason why it sounds a little bit different. Is one because of the English, but two because it is just a transliteration or just a translation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll just add really quickly is when uh, in 1947, when we found the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, a real encouraging thing, um, and this is the oldest set of the manuscripts that we have to date, um, that when they took those and finally were able to get them translated, 
um, it was it was like ninety nine point nine percent to the King James that we actually um, have. Very few variations, spellings of names, and things like that. But it was it was pretty much spot uh, spot on, and that is because they they used five thousand manuscripts to translate the King James, where most people today, and they had I forget how many um, how many uh, hundred or however many they had uh, of people translating. Whereas today, with the modern translation, like the NIV, I think they had like seven guys, something like that. So this. And also back in those days, people were a lot more conservative, a lot more God-fearing, where today it's more like, ah, well, you know, there's there's too much, um, not as much fear of God when it comes to translating what the Scripture actually says. Instead of saying what it literally says, I go, well, this is what I think it translates based off their theology. That's a dangerous thing to do. Yes, it is. And there's some deliberate mistranslations. Yeah, there there is. For example, like when it says things like, uh, Jesus spoke to Paul, many Bibles will say like the NIV, and I think the NIV says this, and maybe it a couple others they'll say he spoke to him in the aramaic tongue well actually in the if you look at the actual greek it actually says hebrew but they be, translate based on concept now uh, we need to go hmm. all uh, right yeah. let's take a break yeah. we'll come back and talk more about this important for people to know some of this also uh maybe while we take the break you can think about people who want to get deeper into you know the the scripture and into what we believe for instance, Steve, you're saying they use the Hebrew word for what we call the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. What's the difference in what they think the Holy Spirit is and what we get preached at us, if you get it preached at you sure. uh, in church? A lot of denominations are scared to even say Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, kind of kind of scary to them because it's supernatural. Right. Hey, don't forget about uh, the changes going on at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. You don't want to miss out on all the great things they're doing at their 12th Street location in Little Rock. That's their original location. State-of-the-art now. Latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. Uh, I mean, and and they've made some changes overall as a business. I mean, uh, they do a lot now for women who have had breast cancer, who have had breasts removed, uh, maybe had breasts removed even before having breast cancer, and then uh, you know, want their self-worth back and go in for a mastectomy, a mastectomy and uh, they get the privacy and comfort they need while they're fitted. And uh, Horton's does a great job with that, has a great group of uh, women who will help you with that. And uh, the new gate room where they get down low and can watch you walk and can tell if you're walking the way you should be walking. If your gate's off, uh, you can throw off your hips and all kinds of things. That said, Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, uh, they believe that they're there to provide you a lifetime of support. Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. It's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Guys, we got about a minute and 20. I just, real quick, if there was ever a time when we have seen that there is no truth in our culture anymore, mm. it's during this time of the mm. whole Kavanaugh thing. No truth. Mm-hmm. It's whoever, whatever anybody thinks is the truth, mm-hmm. and that makes for a dangerous culture. Oh, yeah. Remember whenever, whenever Jesus was taken before uh, Pilate, and, uh, and he spoke to Pilate, and he talked to him about he came to testify of the truth, and Pilate's response is, what is truth? This has been something that societies have been wrestling with, you know, since ancient times. What is truth? The only truth that there is, this established truth, is going to be the Word of God. And you have people now, it doesn't, 
now and and churches now unfortunately are adopting it no mm-hmm. longer is what it says it's what you feel right. it says. what do you think what it do you says. think it says or yeah. what does it mean to you that's right yeah you would never would have heard a rabbi in the first century and go well i think this is what it's saying no he would have told you uh, exactly what it's saying he wouldn't have gotten in the middle of a bible study and say well what's your interpretation what's your interpretation it would have been that way <laughs> all right we'll talk more about that and other things when we come back we got the news for you your calls at 823-0965. Back with you. Don't forget about Arrow Plumbing. You need a plumber? Go to Arrow. It's who I use. I've used them consistently since I moved out to Cabot, had my own house. Been 15 years now, and it's been uh, really amazing what they've done. I've had them out to fix uh, a toilet. I've had them out to, to fix uh, my my pump to my uh, above-ground pool. They've They've been out and done a lot of different things for me. I've always been uh, pleased with the work they've done, uh, the ethics that they show. You know that you're important to them when they show up. I'll, I'll never forget when I had the, to- the toilet. We started having toilet leak on New Year's Day. And I was watching the Rose Bowl, and so I got somebody in the family coming, Dad, there's water everywhere in the bathroom. And I just called Arrow Plumbing and said, I got to, Got a real problem? You guys uh, got anybody can come out here? Yeah, we got a couple people that are on call, and the guy was out to my house in about forty-five minutes. Wow! And uh, went in and figured out what it was, told me what it was, and told me what he had to do, told me what it was going to cost. Went in and did it, and it was about fifty minutes later. It was all done. Said he said, "Mr. Ellswick, have a great uh, New Year's Day," and left. Uh, showed up in a uniform and. With the little, you know, the little socky things on his shoes when he came in and all that, they do all of that because they got that one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. If you're not one hundred percent satisfied with the service that they've provided you, they will refund all your money. And if a plumber comes in doesn't put those shoe covers on, well, you can get your money back. And if a repair fails in the first year, they repair it again at no charge. That's Arrow Plumbing. Find out how to contact them, get in touch with them at aeroplumbing.net or just Google Aero Plumbing. Aero's people are the best. I highly recommend Aero Plumbing. All right, Scott and Steve are here. The Bible guys are here. They'll take your questions, 823-0965, 823-0965. We had several questions last week. Billy was here. He did a good job and because uh, you had to work, Steve, mm-hmm. and Scott, you were in California and uh, Steve, you've already been sent a question, yep. so I'll turn it over to you. Okay. Uh, according to the book of Hebrews, it speaks about um, the tabernacle that is not made with hands. Uh, and it also, and in John 20, it speaks about how that after Jesus raised, how he had um, said that he could not be touched because he had not yet ascended to the Father. It says the work that Jesus came to do was spiritual, um, then why do we or why do you believe and teach that we should keep the physical observances like Sabbath, the feast, and kosher eating, et cetera, et cetera? Okay. Um, that, is, that comes from the idea that they are separate. We have this idea that the spirit and the body are at war with one another. That's Gnosticism. It is. And, it, and, it, and all that came into the church around the third century. And, and in the Hebrew mindset, they actually work together. So when God created Adam, he had dirt and he breathed life into it. So the spirit and the body are one. And so why is it important for us to do the physical? Because it edifies your spirit. If you need your spirit edified, you speak something into the air and your body hears it and your spirit 
responds to it. Whatever you see with your eyes, it affects your spirit. Whatever you do with your hands, it affects your spirit. So in order in Hebrew, and people will point this one out to me often in Hebrews 4, where it says that there remains a rest for the people of God. And they'll tell us that that's, we don't need to keep the Sabbath anymore because we are to rest from sin, and that is the new spiritual Sabbath. And I say, well, no, you don't understand the teaching method of the writer of the book of Hebrews. He was basically saying that you keep the Sabbath every week. Well, just as you observe the Sabbath and how it physically rests your body, when you do that every week, remember the spiritual rest that comes from being a believer in the Messiah. So you do something physical to edify your spirit. You keep the Passover, which is something you do physically to edify your spirit. So these aren't in opposition. That is actually, like I said, a third century thing that crept into the church, and they are actually one, your body and your spirit work together. You're not supposed to deny, if you will, the things of the flesh. You, sin, you're to deny, but we think sometimes, I mean, this this went so far as they wouldn't get married. They wouldn't have sex. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have children. They wouldn't uh, laugh. They wouldn't enjoy the things that God gave us to enjoy because they thought those things were sin, and they were trying to put down the flesh in order to edify the spirit. They work together. They're not to be separated. That's why we keep the Sabbath and the feast. And if you only apply things in a spiritual manner, I mean, the Gnostics, many of the Gnostics started teaching that Jesus never even really was here in the flesh. Right. He just appeared because to them, all flesh was bad, only the spirit was good. And so it played into um, the teachings of um, Plato. Like that, You've heard of people say that they have a, they have a platonic relationship, which basically means they have more or less a emotional maybe relationship, but nothing physical. Well, there's a lot of what was called platonic dualism that's come into the body where we actually now teach. We teach Plato's teachings in Christian clothes, saying spirit is, is good, flesh is bad. Now, you do have to crucify your flesh because your flesh will get out of control. Because, But, but at the same time, it's because the enemy's taking what was good and trying to make it into something that was uh, bad. If you just go by the spirit, then you could you wouldn't have to be worrying about being faithful to your wife anymore. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't. I mean, if we're just going to say, well— all you have to do is just not lust in your heart, and that's all there is to do it. That all there, that's all there is. Well, then you can do whatever you want in your flesh and not have to worry about it because, you know, this train of thought here would be it's it's all spiritual now. There's actually a whole group of people, I, I think, if I, I may have not got them right, but it's the Manicheans. I think there was a group of people around the same time that took this to such an extreme that of uh, the, that the flesh was so irrelevant that they basically taught that it was okay for you to be a drunkard, sexually immoral, because it didn't affect your spirit. That's how far they took this dualism and Gnostic idea. Yeah. So it was that far separated between the two of them. Yeah, you know, even as a as a teenager, one time I was in a, I was in a youth group as a teenager, and I had this we were some doing something with the, as a youth, and this one man was hosting at his big property. And uh, and he called me over to himself, and he said, he said, Scott, he said, I've been watching you over the last uh, few times the youth have been together. And he said, you're a good kid. And I said, well, thank you. And he said, but he said, you see all these girls out here, these pretty girls? And I said, yeah. And he said, do you like them? I said, well, of course. And he said, well, let me ask you this. He said, um, are you righteous? And I said, well, I'm I'm not righteous myself, but I'm, I'm righteous in the Lord because I'm the righteous right. in Christ Jesus. And he said, so he said, can anything mess up the righteousness of Jesus? And I said, no. He said, so no matter what you do, it doesn't touch the righteousness of Jesus, which is what you have. And I said, yes. And he said, well, then, he said, then what's the problem? He said, go ahead, 
You just go have fun with these girls. Don't worry about it. Because you're righteous on the inside, not on the outside. You can go and do what you want to do. This man, this man was encouraging me to go into an immoral lifestyle so that I could somehow live out what his idea of righteousness was. And even as a teenager, I knew that was stupid. Well, he wasn't saying that outside you should be righteous. He was saying you can be totally non-righteous outside but inside because you have christ you're totally righteous right and that's unfortunately as new kind of this new ultra or hyper grace teaching it's kind of the way that's going as well it's called hypocritical isn't it well and all, all, <laughs> of those, <laughs> all of those that taught that stuff were part of uh were many of the groups that were thrown out uh, excommunicated from the church because they started teaching it and that was also the doctrine of the nicolaitans it's mentioned in the book of Revelation who Jesus said twice he hated their doctrine. And that's the doctrine that they taught, that basically you can do whatever you want. Yeah, and that's and Yeah, because that they prevalent. were still visiting the brothels and mm. things during that time. It would affect people's giving. Why should, You don't need to tithe anymore. You don't need to give offerings anymore. You don't need to do anything in the natural anymore. You don't need to go to church. You don't need to pray. I mean, right. if it's all just a spiritual thing, then you remove all of the – of the outward uh, manifestations of the spiritual inworking. And now we have people who are only concerned about going to heaven, not their, the, the 80 years or so that they may have before death. They're only concerned about getting their ticket out of hell instead of how they can live righteously on this life while they're here. That's the other danger side of that doctrine. Yeah. Now, the other thing that, you know, and you were mentioning Platonian thought mm-hmm. and you know, that the whole thing when he talked about the cave is kind of how we live now mm. here in the United States. We don't live in what is truth. We live in what is, you know, the shadows. That's right. What's perceived. Re- yeah, you know, what, what's reflected at us. Yeah. You know, and, and that's really, really dangerous. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to be very, very uh, aware that just be, because you see something on on television there's somebody behind that that makes that you're seeing a reflection of what they think not necessarily what it is mm-hmm. and, and that's to, hard for people to understand sometimes right just the people who are making the news have an agenda behind the news that they're choosing to actually let you see mm-hmm. it's all manipulation and we've been talking about this uh, in in, uh, in our church services over the last few weeks that you know we have this big thing now we call fake news which there's a lot of fake news out there but a lot of times we we have taken the scripture out of context and made it say almost anything we wanted to say you know i i grew up hearing money is the root of all evil yeah but that's not the, the love whole verse. Of money. it's the love right and or resist the devil and he'll flee from you but the whole verse says submit yourself to god then you resist the devil and he'll flee from you so you have to have the whole truth otherwise mm-hmm. you're going to live in uh, fake news as it were and uh, and unfortunately if you take verses out of context, you can make the Bible say anything you want it to say. But if you can take the life of Jesus out of context, you can turn him into any type of uh, uh, leader that you want to have. You you have to leave him in his context, and his context is a thoroughly uh, Judaic uh, context. And only in that context do you understand what it means to to live a righteous life. This book really is not that difficult to understand, and it's really not that difficult to live out. I mean, even when the law was given to Moses, God said to Moses, this is not so difficult for you. This is not so difficult for the people. You don't need anybody to go to heaven to bring it down to you. You don't need anybody to go below the earth to bring it up to you. To live out the word of God is real easy. The only thing that makes it difficult is when we try to make it fit our narrative. So there's a whole lot of preachers that preach fake news 
Some of them do it intentionally. Some of them do it um, through tradition because they didn't know any better. Some have been taught fake right, news. Some right. of them have been taught fake news. And even those guys, I always give those guys the benefit of the doubt too because all they did was take what they were taught and continue to teach it. And so it's not malicious. They just got deceived and got tricked along the way. Mm-hmm. That's why it's very important. How many times was that said? Do not be deceived. Jesus warned, especially about the end times. He said, do not be deceived. Many are going to come in my name and that kind of stuff. And I, I heard a different take on that scripture a long time ago, and it really ministered to me. And he said that many will come in my name saying that I am the Messiah. And we often read that to mean that there are going to be people coming to say that they're the Messiah. Mm-mm. When it's possible and probable, what he was saying is there's going to become people, they're going to tell you that I am the Messiah, but they're going to deceive you. They're going to tell you, we believe Jesus is the Messiah, but go ahead and do whatever you want. That's the kind of deception we're yeah, talking he's, about. Yeah, he's the way to God. Yep. But sex is okay. Yeah. yeah right. Gay Dave, marriage is okay. Abortion David, is okay. David Moses, yeah. and, you know, I mean, he's a perfect example of that. Children are God. That's mm-hmm. what he said. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jesus is, is God, and he, that's the way you get to heaven. But he also said we're supposed to love one another, and that means that you can love your your sister in, in Christ, but also physically, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and that's what he taught. And that's what he taught. Incredible. And screwed up a lot of people's lives, mm-hmm. to say the least. Got to be a got to be aware of false prophets. Yeah, is there they're out there? What it says they like ravenous wolves. wolves. Yep. Yeah, wolves in sheep's clothing. Yep, exactly. All right, let's take a break. Eight two three zero nine six five. Got a question? I know you do. You know, pull up your big pants and give us a call, 823-0965. As it happened so many times, several questions came in on the Internet, and one by phone. Let's do the phone one first. Benjamin, how are you? How are things in North Little Rock? All right. Not too not too traffic. Um, so, yeah, we're doing well. All right. What's your question? Um, so I uh, have a question regarding the tithe. Um, so I know what the Old Testament uh, command to the nation of Israel was concerning the tithe, bring it into the storehouse mm-hmm. um, for the Levites, priests, and so on and so forth. So how should that be understood in light of the New Testament? And, uh, you know, as I've read the New Testament uh, a good many times, I don't see it commanded in there, and I know you don't see everything uh, that's commanded in the Old Testament in turn commanded in the New Testament, although they were supposed to follow that. But in this day how should the tithe be understood is it a commandment to where if we don't tithe it's disobedience or is it just an expression of our trust toward god so in other words is to not tithe sinful all right let them take that up you listen in on the radio and what say you two all right thank you benjamin uh it is uh mentioned uh as you know benjamin i'm sure you read the word quite a bit it is mentioned several times in the in the new testament one we have uh we have Jesus mentioning in the Gospels. He speaking to the uh, the Pharisees. He, t- he says, "You you you tithe uh, of, of anise and cumin and mint." And he said, "But you have omitted the weightier matters of the law." But in that context, he says, "These things you should have done," referring to the tithe. So in the Gospels, Jesus does say that those things you should have done. Then going over into the epistles in the the book of Hebrews, it mentions about uh, how Abraham gave tithes unto. Um, Melchizedek, Melchizedek. So Abraham was giving tithes before there was a temple, before there was a tabernacle, before there was uh, a law. 
uh, Abraham is giving tithes, and he's giving tithes to God through a mediary. This person happened to be Melchizedek. So the idea of tithing cannot be seen in the context of, of law or commandments. It can't be seen in context of temple and tabernacle because it preexisted. It predated them. Uh, we even know that that's one thing that um, that the Cain and Abel were doing. They were, they, or they were giving out offerings even during uh, during that time. The Bible even tells us that in the millennial kingdom, we're still going to be giving offerings unto the uh, unto the Lord. To believe that there's been any cessation of that is to is to believe that the church age is the only time when these things are not um, applicable, and it simply doesn't bear out within the context of Scripture. In Hebrews, I'm sorry, Dave. What? No, that's all right. Go ahead. In Hebrews uh, chapter seven. He actually says there, referring to uh, the, the giving of tithes, Abraham gave tithes and so forth. But he mentions this, he says in verse 8, he says, Here mortal men receive tithes, but there, now he's writing to the, the church, the Hebrew, right. Hebrew church. He was not writing to people in the temple. He says, Now here men that die receive tithes. If I, as a pastor, I would be receiving tithes from the congregation on a Sunday morning. It says, But uh, but there he receives them of whom uh, it is witnessed that he lives, referring to Jesus. So even though we receive tithes today, the Lord Himself actually is the one who um, receives those, and He's writing to the uh, writing to the church. Giving is all throughout uh, the New Testament, and it still is a uh, a command for us. Those things don't actually uh, change. So if you're attending a local church, I would encourage you to 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 tithe, and I would encourage you to give offerings as the Lord would lead you to do so. All right. Last uh, question. Hopefully, you have enough time. If not, we'll carry it over to next week. How many levels of heaven are there? This is from Pat. How many levels of heaven are there, and what are they? I have heard people speak of three, seven, and even eight. Okay. Um, you got a little over a minute. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, well, I, I, maybe we can just hit the, the, the third, and then we can save the, the eight. Ones, unless, yeah. uh, the Apostle Paul says in Second uh, Corinthians chapter number uh, 12, he actually says that he saw into uh, the third heaven, Actually, he says, I don't know if I was there physically. I'm not sure, but I was there. So Paul mentioned something called the third heaven. But then interestingly, he says, and I saw things that are not lawful to be uttered, which I think is quite interesting, meaning that there were things he saw that the law actually forbade him to to speak about. So um, I think there's certainly a connection between things that were written in in law in context with the uh, third heaven. To my knowledge, I only have seen three heavens stated in um, in scripture mm-hmm. if there's more than that that might be there, by tradition I, I believe there's some tradition for the seventh but i haven't heard about the eighth uh but it's also possible that really that there's not so much the levels of heaven what what paul was probably referring to is the third level is heaven itself so we would look at our sky as one level outer space is the second level and the third level is actually heaven the place where God dwells. So it's it's not that there's levels of heaven. It's just that would have been the third realm, which and is because all of those are considered heavens. And that makes sense because the word for heaven in uh, Hebrew is the word uh, shemaim, and the word for sky in Hebrew is shemaim. It's exactly the same word. And we know that in, in Genesis chapter one, it says that God created the birds that flew about in the heavens. So um, that makes sense that the word sky and heaven are the, exactly the same word. So more than likely it is what Pastor Steve is saying. All right, guys. We'll do this again next week. Hopefully everybody will send your uh, emails and their uh, texts and their 
do their calls early in the show so we can give you a lot more time. We'll come back to that heaven question next week and give you a little bit more. Steve, thank you for coming in. Hope to see you next week. Scott, we will see you next Tuesday here. Bible Guys back next week, 5. I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, Joe and Duck will be on, and we'll have a lot of other people as well. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.